Night Owl Live, the show for PC users who can handle the truth. And now, here's your host, Gene Steinberg. This week on the Tech Night Owl Live, we'll feature Jeff Gamet from the Mac Observer, and we'll also hear from Stephen Baker of the NPD Group. All this and more on the Tech Night Owl Live. So first up, we've got Jeff Gambit of the Mac Observer making his sort of, kind of, monthly visit. Actually, five weeks since we had him on before. And before we actually get started with these shows, there'll be some chatting back and forth between me and the guest if we're using Skype. So in this particular case, Jeff was writing something there, maybe making a few puns about something I said, and then encountered the curse of the autocorrect. (laughs) Sounds like a paranormal phenomenon. Yeah, I'm clearly certain that there's some sort of otherworldly event that happened, because how how else could autocorrect change laying to lying? Tell us more about the lying. Well, if I did, I'd blow my cover now, wouldn't I? It sounded funnier in my mind. Yeah, it's... We have to basically analyze that mind. Yes, and do you really want to go that far into my brain? I haven't got the slightest intention of doing that. I don't think that the world is ready for that. Probably not. Yeah, I, I, yeah, probably not. Now, remember here, we're doing this episode a few hours before the premiere of the Heroes Reborn TV show, where it's basically reboot of the original show where people have all sorts of superpowers, but always just one and always unpredictable. It's not like, you know, Superman and now Supergirl and they've got the flying and the super strength and they're invulnerable to most everything with kryptonite or alien axes or something like that. I mean, you know, this is like one power. So they're trying to resurrect the hero show as 13 episodes, figuring that the last time out after like 24 episodes, it completely went off the rails, but that's another story. We're not going to do that. Did you like Heroes, by the way? I did. Uh, I, I loved the first season, and then after that, it was it was a little bit harder for me to stay into the show. But yeah, I enjoyed Heroes. Part of the problem is here doing twenty two or twenty three episodes a year. It's really hard to be creative, and that any producers and talent managed to make it work is a miracle. That's why more and more series are done in a limited season, say 10 episodes, say 13 episodes. This gives them a chance to do what they do best and leave. Now, they're bringing back X-Files next January, and that's going to be six episodes. That's it. If you like six episodes, I guess you wait a year and you see six more. Well... Yeah, we'll see if they decide to do more after that. And I'm assuming that the viewership will be high enough that if they want to do another 6 or 12 or whatever, they'll be able to. I know that I'm very excited to see this uh, X-Files miniseries happen. I'm also looking forward to Twin Peaks coming back. That never was my cup of tea. Now, the other series getting a lot of play is something called Blind Spot where this woman, who played, by the way, a goddess in the Thor movies, now appears as this woman who ends up lying in a duffel bag, her entire body covered with tattoos, including in the back the name of an FBI agent who never heard of her. And the FBI agent is played by Sullivan Stapleton, 
was one of the stars of Strike Back on okay. Cinemax. You remember that series? No. Oh, well, I never saw it. I, I heard about the series, but I must have pretty lame TV watching habits. Well, Strike Back is a British intelligence agency fighting criminals and whatever around the world. And the two stars are Sullivan Stapleton, who plays an American CIA agent, and he's actually Australian, and Philip Winchester, who's an American who plays a British agent. Okay, now that's funny. And you wouldn't know from listening to them at all. But that's it. The other series that a lot of people are expecting is Supergirl, which starts in late October. You know, the uh, the pilot for that was leaked online. Yes. And, and actually, I think the network leaked it. Did you see and it? I did. I watched it. And I hope that they re-edit it because it was... It was very compelling. Okay, so I the actress that, that plays Supergirl. Melissa when, Benoist. Yes. And uh, actually, she was a uh, local Denver actress for a while. But uh, anyhow, she is very compelling as Kara, which is the uh, alter ego for Supergirl. Yeah, that's the and, Clark Kent character with the glasses. Yes. And when she's Supergirl... It's not as compelling. And I don't think it's her. I think it's the way the show is edited together. So I'm hoping that they got a lot of good feedback from from leaking the pilot and have re-edited the show so that it can be, at least for me, interesting and compelling when Supergirl is on screen as opposed to Kara being on screen. Now, there's a lot of disagreement there because a lot of people think she really nailed that character both times as... Kara, the alien from Krypton, and as Kara, the nerd, the dork. She's really good, though, and she has this great personality. She's really a good actress. And I think the other thing I had heard about the pilot is they spend $14 million to make it, which may not seem like a lot, but this is a TV pilot, which normally costs like two or three million. They spend $14 million, and they made numerous takes of each scene. So it's possible this is like a screening where sometimes, you know, a movie company will screen a film and then based on reaction, we'll go back and re-edit it. So we have to see. Yeah, and that's part of the reason why I think it was intentionally leaked. And of course, I have no proof that it was intentionally leaked, but it sure feels like it was. I mean, this this wasn't like a lot of leaked pilots where the special effects haven't been completed yet. I mean, this was done polished it looked like the finished product and i I think that was on purpose well let's see how that turns out that's supergirl starting in late october on cbs now overall the anticipation is just incredible with this it is really incredible so maybe people will accept a pilot that's a little bit imperfect the pilot episodes for arrow and the pilot episodes for the flash by the same producer were a little ragged And then those series took off in pretty good fashion. That's TV. Let's get back to what we're doing, which all started from discussing autocorrect. Yeah. See, this is what autocorrect does. It takes you down crazy paths. That's right. It's the autocorrect conspiracy, folks. All right. So let's move on to some solid stuff here. So we know, for example, that iOS 9 is released on September 16th. One mm-hmm. week later, Apple's already got a fix out there. One of the problems they fixed was pretty serious. There, there were several fixes in in iOS nine, and um, 
Uh, Chris, now I'm trying to bring up my list because I had a list of all the fixes and it just went away. That's what happens when, when you try and be prepared. Well done, me. Um, anyhow, um, yeah, they, they fixed several problems that, that were actually big issues for some people. And, uh, and one of the issues was that people weren't actually able to complete the setup process. Which I found to be quite surprising. Now, just understand the setup process, as you know, it goes through a very brief setup assistant. Right. Well, for some people, it wasn't brief at all. It was a permanent thing. They were just stuck there. And if you can't get through the setup assistant after you've installed the new operating system, that's it. You're done. You can't use your device. And uh, that was a big problem for for at least a few people. Now, the upgrade process for me was completely smooth, was not an issue at all. And, uh, and yeah, I had no problems at all. We'll go back to the iOS 9 conundrum and also about the adoption rate. We've got Jeff Gamut of the Mac Observer joining us. And we started our discussion about iOS 9 and 9.0.1, and we're going to talk about the migration rate, the adoption rate, in a few moments. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night How Live. If your Mac has slowed down or isn't performing like it used to, there's a smart alternative to buying a new machine thanks to OWC. With easy do-it-yourself upgrades for every Mac, OWC has what you need to get the most from your computer. From memory and SSDs to ultra-fast external storage, take it from me. You'll discover all the ways you can upgrade your Mac today at MacSales.com. That's MacSales.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids. R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Do you have difficulty taking supplements? Are you searching for a high-quality, complete nutritional drink that your whole family will love? Nutramedical's Life Support has arrived. All of your daily nutritional requirements in one quick, delicious drink. Dr. Bill Deagle's Life Support is a proprietary blend of vegan protein, activated vitamins, essential minerals, amino acids, probiotics, green tea, digestive enzymes, anti-inflammatories, cancer prevention, detoxification, and much more. Your body will high-five you for this one. Life Support is the best complete nutritious meal replacement on the market. Whether you are an elite athlete, have post-operative challenges, chronic illness, elderly, or a family that just wants a quick, delicious drink, try Dr. Bill Deagle's Life Support for optimized nutrition in one great-tasting smoothie. Just add cold water, almond milk, fruit, or anything else you like. Nutramedical's Life Support. Try our great-tasting chocolate or vanilla today. Call 888-212-8871 or visit us online at Nutramedical.com. Nutramedical.com for the whole family. This is Dan Pilla. Do you owe the IRS money you can't pay? Are tax debts crippling you? I've defended people from the IRS for over 30 years. I've helped thousands and I can help you too. I wrote the book on IRS settlement and I'm telling you, there's no such thing as a hopeless case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX to finally get free of IRS debt. With the IRS's new programs, there's never been a better time to solve your problem. Call 800-34-NO-TAX 
That's 800-34-NO-TAX or my website, danpilla.com. Hi, this is Walt Augustinowitz. I'm the founder and CEO of ID Stronghold. By now you've heard our commercials about wallets that protect you from electronic pickpocketing. Ten years ago, I created a way to protect my own cards from prying eyes after government officials started talking about issuing a national ID card with a built-in radio chip called RFID. I felt having to broadcast my personal information was an invasion of privacy. Soon after, it was also announced that credit cards, debit cards, U.S. passports, hotel room keys, and even transit passes would all soon incorporate RFID. It was then I formed ID Stronghold to share my inventions in blocking RFID signals with the world. There are a lot of misconceptions out there today about RFID. I encourage everyone to get informed and get protected. Please go to IDStronghold.com and get the facts and the wallet, sleeves, or badge holders you need to protect your personal financial data. You'll be pleasantly surprised that through our direct sales model, you won't pay more than other comparable unprotected wallets. It is as though the protection is free. Visit IDStronghold.com today. Owe $10,000 or more to the IRS? Get on board with the tax admiral. Don't take on the IRS alone. I'll cut penalties and reduce your overall tax bill. Sometimes I can even get it zeroed out completely. We're an A-rated company helping people clean up their mess with the IRS. If you owe $10,000 or more, then call the tax admiral. Call 800-287-7180. Again, that's 800-287-7180. 800-287-7180. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow night owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com. On the Tech Night Out Live, Jeff Gamut of the Mac Observer, a reminder that we have a new feature that will debut probably within the week or so now called Tech Night Out Minute. We'll only make it available if you subscribe to the Tech Night Out Plus at plus.technightout.com. That's plus.technightout.com. We offer the ad-free version of this show, higher quality audio, for a low monthly, annual, or five-year subscription rate plus.technightowl.com. So anyway, your initial experience, Jeff Gamut, with iOS 9 was okay. Mine was too. I didn't have any setup assistant problems. And with things like this, there's no way of knowing what percentage of people were involved. I don't think it was a super large amount. Do you? I'm, I'm assuming it wasn't. Because if it was, with my luck, I would have been in that group. Uh, like last year when iOS 8 came out and and we installed updates, and it shut off the phone radios. Yes, 8.0.1. Yeah, that update bit me hard. But that's my luck with, with things like that. So since I didn't have any trouble with uh, Setup Assistant, I'm going to assume this was a, a very small number of people. But for those people on that list, it was a very big problem. Well, in the case of last year, the problem primarily impacted those who had iPhone 6 or 6 Plus. It didn't impact yes. older hardware. That's where it affected people. And Apple withdrew it within an hour or so. I mean, as soon as right. this happened, Apple pulled it. And then, of course, you had to restore your iPhone to get things back working again. But in the meantime, yeah, awesome. the next day, they had a new version, 8.0.2. Now, Apple got lots of negative publicity over that. 
a lot of it implying, of course, the problem took a lot longer to fix. You know, they actually fixed the problem very quickly. And, and I was glad that they did. And, uh, but in this case, the updater process hanging on, uh, on the setup assistant, taking a week to get that out, that's kind of surprising. We don't know right. what percentage were involved, and maybe it just took that long to get all the fixes in there. And I know there's one or two other fixes, and we'll get to that possibility in a moment. I know there's four listed, and I had a problem with one or two apps crashing at launch. Mm-hmm. That disappeared. That problem was no longer there. So that was fixed. And I read a couple of anecdotal reports saying that performance was a bit snappier. And I kind of agree here that on an iPhone 6 and an iPhone 5C, it looks to me like there were some performance issues that they resolved. But part of the thing is when Apple tells you what they fix, they say, you know, fixes bugs, including or something like that. Mm -hmm. And what they'll do is they'll mention some key points as to what is fixed, but there may be dozens of other changes that you don't know about. Yeah, and that, that part is kind of annoying because it would be really nice to know all the things that are getting fixed. Because if there's a specific problem you're having, you don't know if Apple has addressed that until you've installed the update and then started testing. It, it would just be so much easier if Apple would say, here's all the things we fixed. And even if they have to do that as something where you have to go look at a web page, I would be okay with that. Just give me a full list. You see, what they could do here would be to say it fixes these problems and some other bugs. And if you want the full list, go here. There you go. That would be a great thing. But that's not Apple's way. They give us a a few key things and then essentially tell us, now, don't you worry your pretty little head about the rest. Now, you get somewhat more information if you're an Apple developer and you look at developer release notes, except for new versions, maintenance updates, where quite often, unless there are some real specific showstoppers, you learn nothing except focus your testing in these areas. And that's all you know. Right. But at least that way, you know the things that Apple has been working on fixing because they want us to test those things and see if they break. Okay. So let's look at the adoption rate here. So Apple reports on the 19th, I believe, or at least that's when the item went up at the App Store, the developer portal for the App Store. It reported that 52% of iOS users with activated devices had upgraded to iOS 9. This is within three days, which is amazing. Now, that is most, amazing. Now, most of the other benchmarking or web tracking utilities or services that report a migration or adoption rate didn't have figures that high. I mean, as we do this show on the 24th, five days later, mixed panel trends, which tends to trend a little above Apple's figures, they're at 46%. Now, listen, in a little over a week, getting 46% to update to an all-new operating system. That's unheard of. It's, it's totally unheard of, and it's amazing. Part of this, I'm sure, is because Apple made the update process, for most of us, really simple and very easy. It was, it was just slick. You just tap the update button, and a little while later, you were done. It just worked. It, it wasn't like... Years gone by where you'd have to try for like two days to finally get an update to install because Apple couldn't keep up with the demand. 
This time, it just worked. But you know here, the other thing last year was the fact that the update process, not the update file, but the update process used over 4.5 gigabytes of storage on an over-the-air update. And that may not be a problem if you have a 32 or 64 gigabyte device, but 16 didn't work so well. No, it did not work well. The solution here was several fold. One is to do the update on your iTunes installation for a Mac or PC. And maybe mm-hmm. that would work. If that still didn't work, you delete some apps. Now, what Apple is doing this time is the update process takes one-third the space, less than one-third the space. So that way, more devices can be updated over the air without a problem. And then if it still doesn't work, they offer to remove temporarily an app. And then when the installation is done, just reinstall it. Ain't that cool? It's awesome. And the apps that it removes in the process and then puts back, the data for those apps goes back too. Even more interesting here is they've got some new features for iOS 9 that may not impact you in terms of understanding what they are, but they do have an impact. It's called app thinning. Yes. And I, I, I love this idea because what it means is that the apps that we are installing on our iOS devices are now taking up less space. So if you download and install an app that that's for iPhone and iPad and you're putting it just on your iPhone, the the part of the code that's needed for the iPhone, that's what you're going to have and not all the extra stuff for iPad. That's great. That means that we have uh, more space available for storing stuff than we would have had previously. And, uh, and, and that's a good thing, especially for people that are using, say, a 16-gig iPhone. And it just hurts that Apple still does a 16-gig model just because of the storage space. I get why they do it, and they need to do it, but it just hurts that it's only 16 gigs. We have Jeff Gamet of the Mac Observer. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Now Live. <laughs> for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Silver has always been nature's very own antibiotic, and only one system allows you to produce an endless supply of nano-sized silver solutions right from the convenience of your home. Silver Lungs. With the addition of our unique lung delivery system, respiratory infections are targeted directly, where traditional oral administration simply cannot reach. This pioneering method also preserves the original particle sizes and delivers your silver solution directly into the bloodstream. See the Silver Lungs generator and lung delivery system at silverlungs.com. That's silverlungs.com. Are your Google search results killing you? Unflattering content in blogs, news articles, online reviews, social media, or other sources can jeopardize your reputation, your business, and your livelihood. Let Reputation.com help. Our patented technology will make the truth about you more visible while pushing down unwanted negative content. Improve your Google search results. Call Reputation.com at 1-800-831-0771 for a free consultation. That's 800-831-0771. Hi, my name is Scott Fuchs, teacher and rowing coach for over 14 years. I was sluggish, overweight, on prescription drugs, and only 30-something. Fortunately, I was referred to Dr. Z, and happy to say Dr. Z's all-natural protocols over a consistent course resolved my health issues. I'm in the best shape of my life, and most importantly, on zero medications. I'm Dr. Zdanowski. 
author of Evology. Trained as a primary care physician, surgical manipulation under anesthesia, expert in nutrition, diet, weight loss, immune system, and I specialize in chiropractic. My 15 years of professional experience has taught me the four keys to vibrant health, a balanced muscular skeletal system, an integrated nervous system, a flowing lymphatic system, and a body filled with over 90 essential nutrients. This has been a secret too long. Actualize your potential, reverse disease. Call me, Dr. Z, 201-945-1177, 201-945-1177, evolveyourself.com. We use mobile devices right against our bodies every day, but growing scientific evidence has emerged showing serious health risks associated with exposure to EMF radiation emitted from these devices. The solution is Defender Shield, the most effective mobile radiation shielding ever developed. Defender Shield blocks virtually 100% of EMF radiation from cell phones, tablets, and laptops and starts at just $64.99. Buy now at DefenderShield.com. For 10% off, use promo code GCN. DefenderShield.com, the worldwide leader in mobile radiation shielding. This is a healthcare alert from the Pain Relief Hotline. If you, a family member, or a loved one suffers from knee, back, shoulder, or ankle pain and have Medicare as your primary insurance, we've got great news. You don't have to suffer any longer. You can immediately qualify for a pain relieving brace at little or no cost to you by calling our 24-7 Pain Relief Hotline at 866-389-0620. Delivery is free and all paperwork is handled for you. If you are on Medicare and have knee, back, shoulder, or ankle pain, don't wait you can qualify to immediately receive a pain-relieving brace at little or no cost by calling our 24-7 pain hotline now at 866-389-0620. Our representatives are standing by 24-7 to take your call and rush you your pain-relieving brace at little or no cost to you. Shipping is free and all paperwork is handled for you. Just call 866-389-0620. That's 866-389-0620. Again, 866-389-0620. My name is Dell, and I live in El Cajon, California. I was concerned about my cholesterol readings because I knew that high cholesterol is related to clogging of the arteries and increases the risk for heart attack and stroke. One day, I heard an ad for heart and body extract, and I was skeptical, but I decided to give it a try. Man, the numbers don't lie. Learn the secrets of an effective, natural, 100% organic nutritional supplement for a healthy heart and circulation at hbextract.com. Live with Gene Steinberg, it's the Tech Night Owl, because you never know what's going to happen next. So we've been talking about app thinning, and one of the processes there is slicing, which is what he's talking about, where only the code that is needed to run on your device is downloaded. And as a result, you get a smaller app that is perfect for your particular device. Now, the other thing here is some apps only load resources when they're needed. So like a game, for example, you get the parts you need, and then when you're not using them and you've graduated to a higher level, those parts or some of those parts are ditched. The problem with that, of course, is If you're on the road and you're using your wireless carrier, you could use extra bandwidth that way, or maybe that only works under a Wi-Fi connection. I have no idea. Yeah, I'm not sure how that works either. The key uh, here is that Apple is making steps here to allow as many users as possible, even with space-challenged hardware, 
to get a full flavor of the experience. And that's good. Yeah, yeah that's really good. Yeah, I, I think other companies would just let you suffer with uh, not enough storage on your device. Okay. As our listeners know, we have another radio show called The Powercast. We deal with the paranormal, UFOs, and things like that. So I thought about that when Jeff was suggesting topics, and he mentioned Xcode Ghost. It's not what you think. It's something that still could be insidious. What is Xcode Ghost? What's it mean? Xcode Ghost is uh, a piece of malware that ended up getting installed on a bunch of legitimate apps. And it wasn't like a hacker was was secretly intercepting apps and then adding this code in because the developers didn't know what was happening. What happened was the developers went and downloaded Xcode, which is the set of tools that Apple gives away for free so that you can write apps for the iPhone and the iPad and the Mac. And instead of getting these tools from Apple's own servers, they got them from alternate servers. Now, you'd think that's a crazy thing to do, but in this case, it does make sense, even though it was a a poor choice. The developers that were getting these uh, bad copies of Xcode that had the pieces inside to secretly inject Xcode Ghost into apps, they were getting this from servers in China. So uh, servers that weren't part of of Apple. And the reason they were doing that was because the Great Firewall of China, as it's called, uh, filters out content from outside of China and also does it in a pretty uh, inefficient way. So if you're trying to download, say, a big app like the Xcode installer from outside of China, it's going to take a ridiculously long time. So a lot of developers turned to servers inside their country where other people were hosting it. And it turns out they ended up getting this hacked version of Xcode, installed it on their computers, and then started compiling apps that had Xcode Ghost in it. And what Xcode Ghost does, it it doesn't do a lot right now. You know, it's still kind of scary because there it is. What it does is it, it gets some basic identifier information about your device and about the apps you're running. So there's nothing that it's collecting that is uh, personally identifying, but was still collecting data. And these apps got past Apple's vetting process for the App Store. So these are like big big name apps like WeChat, which is the really big chat app uh, from China. There you go. It was infected. Apple has already pulled all of the infected apps from from the App Store and has been working with developers to make sure this doesn't happen again and has decided that maybe it's a good idea to have servers that it can vouch for in China hosting Xcode downloads so that developers in China can, can get the downloads at a reasonable rate, too. What's this other thing I'm hearing is that Developers also turned off the gatekeeper feature for OS X. Right. What's going on here? Okay, so gatekeeper is a feature that Apple built into OS X that looks at apps when they're installed, compares some checksum values in those apps against its own database, and then can determine if it's a legit version of that specific app or not. And in the case of Xcode, had Gatekeeper been running, it would have told these developers, you have a non-legit copy of Xcode. Don't install this. 
But what the developers were doing was going into gatekeeper settings and disabling it. And, and I'm sure they were doing it because they, they knew that in some cases they were installing apps that wouldn't validate correctly against gatekeeper and would get shut down. So shut it off and then you can run whatever you want. And in this case, that means that they installed copies of Xcode that had Xcode Ghost embedded in it. And they had no idea because they weren't doing anything to make sure that they were running legit copies of the software. We don't want those apps. No, but well, a lot of people do. There, there were some really popular apps on, on the list of apps that, that were pulled. And, uh, and actually, they shouldn't have ever made it onto the App Store because Apple's vetting process is supposed to catch things like malware. And yet, there were quite a few apps. The, the last time I looked at the, the list of legitimately known apps, it was up around 50. And, uh, and word is that it was actually much higher than 50 apps that were on the App Store infected. Most of them were only in the App Store in China, but a few, like WeChat, were, were uh, international apps. All right. There you go. Hopefully, everybody's learned a lesson, because it could have been a lot worse. It could have been a lot worse, but now Apple needs to figure out how to regain our trust, because there, there is a serious amount of trust to go along with the App Store, and right now, Apple hasn't done anything to convince us that this isn't going to happen again. So far, all they've done is said, hey, developers shouldn't have disabled Gatekeeper. Well, it's not like Volkswagen with the bogus emissions test results. Where oh, 11 man. million cars were impacted, 11 million diesel cars. And remember, it's not such a big deal in the United States and maybe some other countries. In Europe... Diesel cars are a huge deal. There's a very high percentage of people who buy diesel cars. And Europe has fairly stringent emissions requirements like the U.S. And to think that they have a software hack that when the thing's being tested on the test lab, of course, it turns on the emissions controls or a lot of them at software. Mm -hmm. When the car is under normal use and service, the pollution controls are turned off. I assume this means better gas economy, better performance, but I think people would prefer to have a little bit worse performance and maybe a little bit worse gas economy, knowing, knowing that the junk that's coming out of that tailpipe is not dangerous. But then that's just me. Uh, you know, I'm kind of with you. You'd think that people would prefer to have a more environmentally friendly car than one that just goes a little faster. And yeah, and now Volkswagen is in a really bad position because it's well, actually, I've heard that at this point it would be cheaper for Volkswagen to buy back all the cars that are part of this problem than it would be for them to try and fix everything. It depends on what the fix is. If it's just software, it may be something that you can just go to your dealer and they load the software and that's it. Yeah, that that's true. And and I haven't heard exactly, well, I don't know if anyone knows for certain exactly what they need to do, but uh, whatever it is, it's going to take a long time for Volkswagen to overcome the the 
ill will that it has created by doing this. And look at it this way. Once this is fixed, you can probably get a Volkswagen with the fixed software real cheap because they're going to have to do everything they can to persuade people to buy their vehicles. That's just the point. We have yeah. Jeff Gambit of the Mac Observer. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. So here's what happened. I was placing an order online. The site went down. It just stopped responding. It took hours before it returned, but I'd already placed the order with another company. If your site goes down, you could lose business. And if you have a business or personal site, you'll want to know it's easy to run and it will stay online. At iWeb, your site is hosted on one of the most reliable networks in the world. Check it out. iWeb.com. That's iWeb.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Okay, open your mouth and say, ah. Ah. When your child has a sore throat, you need to know when to get help. The doctor recommended Say Ah Sore Throat Exam is your solution. The scientifically designed oral retractor offers a clear view of the throat, relaxing the tongue and minimizing gag reflex. Compare with a medical grade chart, website, and app. Then you'll know just what to tell your doctor. A wellness plan in your hands in minutes. Go to sayahnow.com. Sayahnow.com, the new mainstay for every family's first aid kit. By now you know that wireless technology like cell phones do in fact pose dangers to the health and privacy of everyone. Blockit Pocket's wide range of products are unmatched in providing the protection you deserve. No scare tactics, just common sense. BlockitPocket.com offers quality American-made options to alleviate and eliminate these invisible dangers. Learn more at BlockitPocket.com or call 888-315-9618. BlockitPocket.com, enhancing health and privacy. Hey, Berkey Guy here. Are you still drinking unfiltered tap water? Does your water contain chlorine or fluoride? Will you have drinkable water in an emergency? The Berkey Guy is here to help you remove these and other potential contaminants from your water, thus helping you drink clean, purified water. We offer Berkey water purification systems at the lowest available prices online. Don't go another moment without Berkey System. Over the last 10 years, we've helped thousands drink clean, purified water. Join them by visiting GoBerkey.com or call me, the Berkey Guy, at 877-886-3653. That's 877-886-3653. Do you you owe $10,000 or more to the IRS? Then get on board with the tax admiral and let us steer your way to financial freedom. The IRS is the largest collection agency in the world. They can freeze your bank accounts, seize your car, home, will garnish your paychecks and benefits. Don't take on the IRS alone. I can fight for you using industry secrets that can help stop the IRS. I'll cut your penalties, slash your interest, and reduce your overall tax bill. Sometimes I can even get it zeroed out completely. We're an A-rated company with over 30 years experience helping people clean up their mess with the IRS. And we have a 95% customer satisfaction rating. If you owe $10,000 or more to the IRS, are facing an audit, a lien, or levy, then call me right away. 
call 800-287-7180. Again, that's 800-287-7180. 800-287-7180. The human body is more than 60% water. Your brain and muscles are 75% water. And your blood is 92% water. Water is vital to your body. And alkalizing your water is the key to keep it running at its best. AlkaVision Plasma pH drops keep your entire body healthy, boosts energy, promotes weight loss, and even fights cancer. Call 800-518-7615 or go to AlkaVision.com to find out more. That's ALKAVision.com. Do you know what's going to happen next? Well, here's the Tech Night Owl. Live with Gene Steinberg. We briefly segued to the problems of Volkswagen, and now they've had a corporate bloodletting where a number of executives are being dismissed because the buck stops here, and we don't know where the buck stopped with this. The other question is here, will the Department of Justice in the U.S., charge any of those executives with a crime for doing this sort of thing. But as I said, we assume because Volkswagen has to fix their business and they'll do everything they can to correct this problem and come out with good cars. I assume that's going to happen in the next few months. It's all going to get fixed. And then if you want to take a chance on a Volkswagen, you could basically have them pay you to take it home. You know, I think that's pretty much what they're going to have to do. As as it stands right now, if you have one of the affected cars, you can't trade it in. No, no one will take those cars now. So you're kind of stuck with it. So yeah, hopefully they fix this uh, in the next few months, and uh, and then everyone can get over this and move on. And Volkswagen will have learned an important and expensive lesson. And this won't happen again, not only with Volkswagen, but with any other company that might have been thinking about trying to pull a stunt like this. You know what's sad? One of my favorite cars of all time was the early 2000s. I had a VW Passat. And not like the later ones. This one was based very closely on the Audi A4. So I was getting an Audi for like $10,000 less. And I really liked that car. And I got another car more expensive later on, but I regretted not keeping that car. Although obviously in 2015, it would long ago have been sent back because it was a leased vehicle. But still, I really enjoyed that car. I think it was very well built, and I don't think Volkswagen has come up with anything since then. It was a gas engine, a V6 engine, so I have no idea. Speaking of cars, now we see more and more rumors about Apple car. Maybe they'll have it out in 2019. They may have to have it checked by the California board that handles cars, because they have very stringent regulations in California. And now... We hear more and more from car executives who say, hey, Apple doesn't know how to do this. So now what's his name? Bob Lutz, former Mm -hmm. GM design guy. He writes a column for one of the auto magazines. He's like 80,000 years old or something like that. And he's (laughs) saying, well, it's going to be a money pit. Apple doesn't know what it's doing. And I think, let's see, when the iPhone first came out, what did Steve Ballmer at Microsoft say? Apple. What did Palm and BlackBerry say? Right. Apple doesn't know what they're doing. 
Right. Yeah. Uh, a computer maker can't just jump into this market and think they can be successful. They don't know. And it turns out Apple was able to jump in the market and be very successful. Also bear in mind, they've hired reportedly 600 people on this project. And a lot of these people are people who have previously worked at other auto companies. So we assume if Apple doesn't know, you have 600 people at that company who do know. Right. And this is something that I think at least some people in the automotive industry have forgotten about, which is you don't need to have all the experience already. You need to know where to find the people that do have the experience, and then you go and get them. And that's exactly what Apple's been doing. Just like they did for Apple Watch. They they went out and found the people that understood uh, health and fitness technology and designing fashion equipment, and they put everything together, and now we have Apple Watch. And Apple Watch is getting better and better. In a moment, we'll talk about Watch OS 2 with all those improvements. But that's the point. Apple will buy a company sometimes, an entire company, like they did to design their own chips. Right. They bought a couple of companies to do that. They bought expertise in graphics chips. If they don't have the expertise, they'll buy it or they'll hire people who do it because they have the money. They right. can do this. Okay, maybe they can't build a car now, but at the very end, we have a lot of factories around the world, auto factories, that are not fully utilized. And Apple may be able to buy one of those for a song. I mean, consider the Tesla, which is regarded as successful, although they only have, what, they're starting their second model, and they're still kind of losing money and everything like that. That company has been around for maybe a dozen years, all right? They started from scratch. And you think Apple's going to use Tesla because they've poached a lot of executives and designers from Tesla. They're going to use the experience of Tesla to learn how to do it better. Sure. That's what I would do if I was running Apple. And I would do just what Apple did when they when they went to, uh, what was that company? ABC. The, they do mobile power technology. Hired away their top people for some revolutionary new battery technology work brought them in-house and now apple has those people so to say that apple doesn't have experience with batteries which is one of the things that came out of the shoot down of apple being able to make a car now that that's not the case apple has some of the top people in the industry working on their car battery technology So don't count Apple out, especially with $200 billion sitting in the bank. Right. $200 billion in the bank. Amazing. Let's look at some other subjects here. With iOS 9, we have a proactive Siri. And inevitably, people are going to compare that to what we regard as a similar voice assistant feature, Google Now. Mm -hmm. Now, to forgive the pun. Have you guys figured out yet who does it better? Considering, of course, the difference in privacy. Uh, Yeah, hands down, it's Google with Google Now. They get how to do this really well. I mean, what Apple's doing with Siri, uh, well, I almost called it Siri Procreate, which would be a completely different product, probably for a different show, too. But uh, anyhow, Siri Proactive, it's really good, but it's not Google Now. And, And the thing is, Google has the leg up in this fight because they are digging into far more data about us than Apple is comfortable doing. And because of that, 
they can do so much more. Uh, a, a perfect example that uh, Brian Chaffin from Mac Observer is telling me about. He has a friend who uses an Android phone, did a search for a band that, that they liked. And then several months later, that band was playing nearby. So they got uh, a pop-up on their screen telling them about the band and when the sh- concerts were going to be and where they could go get their tickets. That's something Apple can't do. But it's something Google can, clearly. And it's really cool because Google now can learn so much more about us and be far more responsive in a, in a much more nuanced way to our needs than what we can get from Siri's proactive. Now, proactive, I think, over time is going to get better. Apple will figure out ways to do some of the things that Google Now does without having to be quite so invasive into our personal lives. But unless Apple is willing to just give it up and go totally down the Google path and uh, and give up on all of our privacy, there's no way that Siri Proactive will ever be able to hit the same level of as Google Now. Even with all the learning and all the crowdsource information? Yeah, I just don't see that happening because there's it's it's the nuanced approach that, that Google Now has where it can more easily anticipate our needs because Google is sifting through all of our emails and and our Google chats and all of our search data and and tracking everything we're doing throughout the day. It's kind of creepy, but it's also necessary to offer the the level of service that Google now brings to the table. Apple's not going to to go that far into our personal lives. And so it's a trade-off. I get to keep a little more of my privacy, but I'm going to have a personal digital assistant that can't take care of my needs to the same extent that Google Now would be able to do. Well, of course, Apple is still developing it, so maybe they'll find a way to bring it more closely aligned even while allowing you to retain your privacy. I I think Apple is working very hard on that, and I think they will give us some really nice improvements over time to proactive, and uh, and they're going to find very creative ways to be able to maintain our privacy while, while mining through more of our data. And as those things happen, we will see proactive narrowing the gap between itself and now. I don't think it'll ever close the gap, but it will be able to make that gap narrower. Well, Google has an easier time because they've got all that excess stuff that they got from you because you are their customer, right? Right. We have Jeff Gamut of the Mac Observer. I think he thinks he's always right. No, I'm kidding. I'm just hurting him because I'm never right. People have been telling me that for years. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today.
Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that too in Graphic Converter. Also print catalogs. Convert from so many formats I can't even list them. Download now to see if Graphic Converter is good for you, like one and a half million other users. Guess what? You could save money when you buy Graphic Converter. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL to get a special price for Graphic Converter. Go to LemkeSoft.com. That's L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. LemkeSoft.com. L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. Don't complain about your cable bill going up and up and up. Do something about it. Grab a pencil and jot down this special number. 1-855-905-MY-TV. The more cable TV rates go up, the better digital satellite TV looks. Say goodbye to the cable guy. And get more of your favorite channels in 100% digital quality for less money. Call 1-855-905-MY-TV. Sign up for packages starting as low as $19.99 and there's no equipment to buy. You get free HD TV upgrade, a free DVR upgrade, and free professional and installation. You control what you watch when you watch it. Record your favorite shows, pause and rewind live TV, even skip the commercials. Watch local channels too. At just $19.99, what are you waiting for? Pull out your major credit or debit card. Call 1-855-905-MY-TV. 1-855-905-MY-TV. Say goodbye to the cable guy. Cut costs and get more. 1-855-905-MY-TV. 1-855-905-MY-TV. Welcome back to the Tech Night Owl Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. We're going to spend a little more time with Jeff Gamut of the Mac Observer. So we did a brief comparison there. Proactive Siri and Google Now. Google maintaining the edge because it's been around longer in terms of having those extra features. And Apple maybe being inferior because they're not grabbing your data as extensively as Google does. So that's where you have to consider there have to be trade-offs. We'll see. Have you had a chance to try Maps of iOS 9 yet to see if it's gotten much better? I have. And honestly, Maps in iOS 8 was pretty good for me. I I had very few problems with it. As a matter of fact, it was, for me, by and large, more reliable than Google Maps. So I was doing my navigation when I, when I needed to do navigation from Apple's Maps. Now, the changes that they've made with, uh, with iOS 9, for the most part, I'm really pleased with them. It's much easier for me to find relevant nearby businesses in Maps than it was before. So previously, if I wanted to, say, uh, find a coffee shop, I could find a few nearby, but I knew there were others. And now Maps is much better at showing me all of those coffee shops that are around me. 
I also like that they've added in the transit directions. So if you're, and it's limited right now, so it's not, it's not that many cities, which means that I can't take advantage of it yet, but I'm glad the feature's there. So if you're using, um, uh, uh, like, uh, subways and, and services like that, the information that you need to get to the right place at the right time, that's part of maps now. That's, that's a really good thing. And it was really important because you could already do that in Google maps. Now, obviously, they've only had a limited rollout of public transit information for maps. And part of that, of course, is it's very complicated to draw up that information. If you're in New York, if you're in a few other cities where there's a lot of public transportation, it matters. If you're here near Phoenix, Arizona, it doesn't. There's not a lot of public transportation here. What about you in Colorado? Yeah, the Denver-Boulder area has a mass transit system that is far more developed than most people realize. Now, it's primarily bus. Uh, we, we do have light rail that's that's come in over the past several years and is expanding. So that that's really nice. But we don't have subways. Well, at least not anymore. Believe it or not, there was a time when Denver had a subway system. No kidding. But uh, Denver and Boulder, the the transit systems that we have are not included in the iOS 9 Maps features yet. It's unfortunate, but it also doesn't surprise me that the Denver metro area is often uh, a latecomer for features like this. And again, they physically have to send people to go through every service, every station, every stop, get all the information coordinated. It's not easy. No, it's not easy. And, and Apple is doing exactly what you said. It's people going out and finding the exact spots. So if you need walking directions to the subway, instead of getting walking directions to what would amount to the center of the building, you get walking directions to the door you need to go in so you can get on the train that you need to ride. It's especially true in New York City where you have different entrances within the same block. And they have different right. converging lines, and it can be real complicated. Well, you do better if you get on across the street, because then you don't have to navigate under different entrances to get to the particular line that you need. And that is a right. really, really granular approach to figuring out how to get to someplace. Right. So it takes time to collect that data and to collect it uh, correctly. So I get why it's going to take a while for this to roll out everywhere. And I don't expect to see just massive sweeping additions to to this feature over the next few weeks. This is a long-haul feature. This is something that Apple's going to be working on for months and years. They'll concentrate on the bigger cities first. They'll be yes. probably periodic, maybe every few months, rollouts. Oh, we've got 10 more cities or whatever. I'm just guessing. And then also they're testing the technology, the initial rollout. Let's see how well they were done, and then let's go on from there. Right. And, uh, and I get that. It makes sense. Uh, they, they don't, no one has the manpower to do all of this really fast. So we just have to be patient. Okay. We had to be patient also for watchOS 2. And the reason is the initial debut date, was the 16th of September, same as iOS 9. At the last minute, there was a bug. 
and it was delayed for a few days and finally was released the following week. But let me ask you about that here. Are you aware of what kept it from being available for download? Apple didn't officially say, but based on the information that was available and and talking with some developers, it's pretty safe to say the problem was a bug that prevented uh, watch OS to native apps. So apps that run natively on Apple Watch as opposed to being a companion interface to the to an iPhone app. They were not able to load and run properly in some situations because of a problem with FairPlay, which is the copy protection scheme that Apple uses to to validate apps when they're installed and make sure that they're installed on a device that you actually own. So it, it's like an anti-piracy feature that was broken to a degree that, at least for some people, it would not validate apps and then they wouldn't run on an Apple Watch. So that was kind of a big thing to fix. So they got it fixed. It was available for download. What are the most important features of Watch OS 2? The, the really big thing for me is that you can now have third-party apps and that developers have... No, let me rephrase that. You can have third-party native apps and that developers have access to the sensors in the watch. And what that tells me is that we should pretty soon start seeing some really interesting apps that do things with the sensors. And the, the app that I really want to see is an app that can monitor my heart rate just throughout the day, uh, just passively checking every now and then. And if my heart rate goes out of a, a certain target range, like it gets too high and then stays there for a set amount of time, that it gives me an alert and uh, and lets me know because well for me that could be really handy because of my allergies and if i'm having an allergic reaction and may not realize it this could be the right thing to let me know there there's a high school kid that was using his apple watch where he was just manually checking his heart rate and uh, he had joined the football team and it turns out that uh, uh, because he was monitoring his heart rate on his Apple Watch and saw it go too high and stay there for too long, and he went and got medical help. He had a condition that had gone undiagnosed, and had it not been treated when it was, he probably would have died the next day. So I'm expecting we're going to see apps that that are proactively watching our our vital signs like that and then giving us alerts. And, uh, and then I'm expecting to see other apps come out that take advantage of the sensors in other very creative ways. Now, the one thing to bear in mind here is if you find out that your heart is not beating and you can just give it up and say, OK, well, I'll pack it in now. True. Unless you really want it to start beating again and then call 911 really fast. Right. You've got maybe a few seconds there. And then, right. of course, you can record your near death experience. And then come on your show and talk about it. You know what? I'll just tell you something here. And I know a lot of you people do hear the PowerCast and like to hear about the strange mysteries of our time. We had a discussion recently about whether UFO abductions and near-death experiences have relationships to one another. And they do. There are a lot of similarities between the two. Isn't that weird? 
It doesn't mean that when ET yeah. kidnaps you and takes you through the walls or something into their spaceship, or that's what you perceive, it doesn't mean that you're dead when it happens. But isn't that weird? We have Jeff Gamut of the Mac Observer. Some people say he's weird. I disagree. <laughs> but weird is my middle name because they never gave me a middle name. That's how it goes. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Are you tired of commuting to a job that makes someone else rich, working harder than ever, but getting nowhere? Do you hate spending hundreds of dollars every week on daycare, having someone else raise your children? With our opportunities, you can start earning money as soon as next week. You get to be the boss, work from home, and live a happier life. At Be The Boss Network, you'll find hundreds of work-from-home opportunities that you can literally start today and be earning money as soon as next week. Go to freedom106.com and start earning money as soon as next week. You get to be the boss. Get out of the rat race. Work from home. Go to freedom106.com right now and change your life today. That's freedom, the number 106.com. Go to freedom106.com and start earning money as soon as next week. You be the boss. Go to freedom106.com. This is Dan Pilla. Do you owe the IRS money you can't pay? Are tax debts crippling you? I've defended people from the IRS for over 30 years. I've helped thousands, and I can help you too. I wrote the book on IRS settlement, and I'm telling you, there's no such thing as a hopeless case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX to finally get free of IRS debt. With the IRS's new programs, there's never been a better time to solve your problem. Call 800-34-NO-TAX. That's 800-34-NO-TAX or my website, danpilla.com. Hi, Peter Vaccaro for ParanormalDate.com. Are you looking for love in all the wrong places? Now you have a chance to change that by signing up for free at ParanormalDate.com. This incredible dating site puts people of like minds together. People who are interested in the strange, the unusual, mysteries, ghosts, UFOs, and the afterlife, and so much more. ParanormalDate.com was developed for you. People seeking a viable alternative to the other dating services. You can join for free by going to ParanormalDate.com, and if you decide you like it and want to connect with people, use the code GEORGE for a substantial discount. Mark Rawlings, president of ParanormalDate.com, says so many people hunger to share their experiences about the paranormal, the unexplainable, or the afterlife, and so much more, and this is the source for them to meet and share that common interest. So sign up for free at ParanormalDate.com, ParanormalDate.com, and use the code GEORGE if you decide to connect with someone you like. 
Silver has always been nature's very own antibiotic, and only one system allows you to produce an endless supply of nano-sized silver solutions right from the convenience of your home. Silver Lungs. With the addition of our unique lung delivery system, respiratory infections are targeted directly, where traditional oral administration simply cannot reach. This pioneering method also preserves the original particle sizes and delivers your silver solution directly into the bloodstream. See the Silver Lungs generator and lung delivery system at silverlungs.com. That's silverlungs.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have any thoughts or comments about the Tech Night Owl Live, please get in touch at news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. Looking for past episodes? We've got hundreds at technightowl.com slash radio. That's technightowl.com slash radio. Or subscribe on iTunes. A reminder, folks, that we have a new feature called Tech Night Out Minute that's going to debut probably within a week or so. Trying to work out the details right now. And this will be available only if you subscribe to Tech Night Out Plus. You go to plus.technightout.com, P-L-U-S.technightout.com. And what you get is the ad-free version of this show. We take out 41 minutes of the network ads. Higher quality audio so you can really hear the pristine sounds delivered by Jeff Gambit of the Mac Observer and the great mics that he's using. Actually, he's not using a microphone. He is projecting his voice by a subspace radio. I wanted to mention that. We don't have Skype because earlier this week, Skype stopped working. Plus.technightowl.com. I have no idea what I just said. Plus.technightowl.com. We were talking here about WatchOS 2, and WatchOS 2 came out a few days late because of a show-stopping bug, which Jeff says related to the Fair Play DRM. Regardless, let's get back to that. What else does Watch OS do? Okay, so one thing a lot of people are really excited about is the fact that you can have uh, complications on the watch face that come directly from third-party apps. And complications are those extra little things that you can put on the watch face that give you more than just the time. So if you're using the fitness tracking on your Apple Watch, that that little set of rings that shows you how much you've done, that's a complication. If you have the temperature showing on your face, that's a complication as well. So now... Other companies can write complications for, for Apple Watches. So if there are specific types of information that you want that that glance, quick glance access to, other developers can create those things to put on your watch face. And so for me, the, the complication that I'm really loving right now is from uh, an app called Dark Sky. So I replaced... Apple's own weather complication with the dark sky complication because it gives me information about the temperature. It's called hyper-local weather. So what it's doing is it's collecting weather data from more than just the official sources that, you know, like at the airport. You get the temperature for where you are, like within a block or two. And then you get up-to-date information about the weather or the rain. So if it's going to rain or snow, where you are in a few minutes, you'll get an alert so that, that you know ahead of time. That's really useful for me. So I'm loving that complication. I'm loving that, that there are already several other apps that have come out with complications, and more are on the way. I just love that we're going to be able to really customize our watch faces to show us exactly the information that we want to see. So that's a big thing. 
Now, do you feel in watchOS 2, Apple has answered a good portion of the complaints about the first release? I think so. And my feeling after playing around with watchOS 2 is that when we got the original Apple Watch, which is, what, four months, five months ago, something like that? It came out in April. Okay. So, yeah, that's been several months. When we got that version of watchOS, to me, that was a pre-release version. And watchOS 2 when it came out uh, a few days ago, that is really watchOS 1. That's the first version we should have had. Apple couldn't exactly say, oh, yeah, we're going to call it watchOS 1, and what you were using before was just kind of the pre-release thing. That's not good PR. So roll out this major update, call it watchOS 2.0, and that's going to sit better with a lot of people. And here we go. We have the watchOS that I feel we should have had from the beginning. Now, let's go back to the original release of OS X. Okay, not the public beta, but the first real release in March of 2001. Now, that one is what Steve Jobs said was for power users. Didn't have all the features. But then there was a 10.1 just a few months later. That fixed everything, and Apple made it sort of, kind of free update. Mm-hmm. Sort of, kind of, because they charged nineteen ninety-nine or something for handling unless you went to a dealer and got the upgrade kit free. Right. And yeah, and that was kind of the way I felt about watchOS. When OS 10 10.0 came out, that to me felt like a pre-release version of the operating system. And I have a feeling Apple felt exactly the same way. But of course they couldn't say that. When the 10.1 update came out and they gave it to us for 19 bucks, they were giving us what OS 10 10.0 should have been on launch day. Now, with watchOS, bear in mind something here. We're talking about a product that cost up to $17,000. So it's not politically correct to say, okay, this is a $17,000 product with the fancy bands and everything and the gold, but the operating system is pre-release. We're not going to say that. We'll just say it's a release version. This is it but we'll keep getting better. Yeah, that's exactly the way you present it. Because uh, saying we're going to sell you a $17,000 watch with beta software, people are not going to go for that. I mean, even the the lowest priced Apple Watch Sport at $349, not many people would have wanted to buy that if they felt that it was being shipped with beta operating system on it. Now, we have watchOS 2. We assume now it'll be another year before there's a watchOS 3. Possibly if there's a new Mm -hmm. Apple Watch by late spring next year, maybe that will be version 3. Regardless, what do you think Apple should have done with watchOS 2 and maybe is not there? I think they still need to do some more work with letting us customize our watch faces. Because there are some things that right now you just simply can't do. And uh, an, an example is, let's say you're using one of the analog watch faces where you have the the complication place where you can put the the date just off to the side of the center of the watch. And right now, the only thing that you can put in that complication place is the date. What if you wanted to do, well, actually, here's what I want to do. I want to put my step count right there. I can't. If I don't want my date there, I don't get anything there. And actually, that's how my watch is set up right now. I don't use that complication spot because I can't put anything in that spot that that's valuable to me. They need to fix little things like that. And uh, they, they need to work a little bit on, on some, some application stability. Uh, the, the problem that I'm seeing right now is that some apps that 
ought to work correctly on Apple Watch are crashing. And it's not clear that this is a developer side problem. It, it may very well be an Apple side problem. So Apple needs to work on things like that. And uh, they, I think they need to work on improving series performance a little bit more, although that's actually surprisingly good. So maybe I'm just being a little picky right there. Uh, another thing they need to work on is making handoff more transparent. There are places where I ought to be able to start something on my Apple Watch and have it transparently move over to my iPhone, and it does not. And, and there's places where I have to be able to use Siri on my Apple Watch to make something happen, and I can't. Jeff Gamet, where can we find more of your stuff? Oh, you can find me over at MacObserver.com. And then you can find me on Twitter. I'm Jay Gamut there. And sometimes you can find me writing interesting things about what people do in coffee shops. That would be at Fresh Brewed Tales. Jeff Gamut, thanks for joining us on the Tech Night Out Live. Thank you for having me on the show. It's always a blast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Are your Google search results killing you? Unflattering content in blogs, news articles, online reviews, social media, or other sources can jeopardize your reputation, your business, and your livelihood. Let Reputation.com help. Our patented technology will make the truth about you more visible while pushing down unwanted negative content. Improve your Google search results. Call Reputation.com at 1-800-831-0771 for a free consultation. That's 800-831-0771. Not attorney spokesperson Adam Pulaski of the Pulaski Law Firm with principal office in Houston, Texas, is the attorney responsible for the content of this ad. This ad is not legal advice, and the choice of a lawyer should not be based solely upon advertisement. Services may not be available in all states. Attention, Zarelto users. If you or a loved one took Zarelto and suffered a serious bleeding event, you may be entitled to financial compensation. Zarelto is a popular prescription blood thinner used to prevent blood clots and protect patients from strokes. These serious bleeding events have led to numerous cases of hospitalization and even death. Phone lines are open 24 7. Call 800 261 That's 800 261 Paid non-attorney spokesperson, Ricky LeBlanc, admitted in Mass only. Sokolov Law, LLC, Chestnut Hill, Mass. Ken Levan, responsible attorney in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Greg Hobby, New Jersey. The choice of lawyer is an important decision that should not be based solely upon advertisements. While this firm maintains joint responsibility, most cases of this type are referred to other attorneys for principal responsibility. If you know what mesothelioma is, you or someone you love has likely been impacted by this devastating cancer. You may be entitled to compensation. Call Sokolov Law today. 1-800-218-HELP. The only known cause of mesothelioma is asbestos exposure. Thousands of hardworking men and women, including many U.S. veterans and industrial workers, have been diagnosed with mesothelioma because manufacturers knew the dangers but put profits ahead of people. An estimated $30 billion in court-ordered trust has been set aside to pay money to asbestos victims. If you or a loved one has been diagnosed with mesothelioma, call now. You may be entitled to receive compensation without ever going to court or filing a lawsuit. Call for a free legal consultation at 1-800-218-HELP. That's 1-800-218-HELP. 
owe $10,000 or more to the IRS? Get on board with the tax admiral. Don't pick on the IRS alone. I'll cut penalties and reduce your overall tax bill. Sometimes I can even get it zeroed out completely. We're an A-rated company helping people clean up their mess with the IRS. If you owe $10,000 or more, then call the tax admiral. Call 800-287-7180. Again, that's 800-287-7180. 800-287-7180. Don't complain about your cable bill going up and up and up. Do something about it. Grab a pencil and jot down this special number. 1-855-905-MY-TV. The more cable TV rates go up, the better digital satellite TV looks. Say goodbye to the cable guy and get more of your favorite channels in 100% digital quality for less money. Call 1-855-905-MY-TV. Sign up for packages starting as low as $19.99 and there's no equipment to buy. You get free HD TV upgrade, a free DVR upgrade, and free professional installation. You control what you watch when you watch it. Record your favorite shows, pause and rewind live TV, even skip the commercials. Watch local channels too. At just $19.99, what are you waiting for? Pull out your major credit or debit card. Call 1-855-905-MY-TV. 1-855-905-MY-TV. Say goodbye to the cable guy. Cut costs and get more. 1-855-905-MY-TV. 1-855-905-MY-TV. The human body is more than 60% water. Your brain and muscles are 75% water. And your blood is 92% water. Water is vital to your body, and alkalizing your water is the key to keep it running at its best. AlkaVision Plasma pH drops keep your entire body healthy, boosts energy, promotes weight loss, and even fights cancer. Call 800-518-7615 or go to AlkaVision.com to find out more. That's A-L-K-A-Vision.com. What's going to happen next? You never know when you're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. We have Stephen Baker of the NPD Group, and we're going to cover industry trends, things like that, what we can expect, what's happened. And it's going to cover a whole bunch of areas. First, Stephen, welcome back to the Tech Night Out Live. It's been a few months, hasn't it? Yeah, I think so. I'm looking forward to having a good discussion. Let's look at smartphone space. And, of course, this weekend, as you hear this show, Apple is putting on sale the iPhone 6S and the 6S Plus. There'll be lines snaking around Apple stores. And some people suggest that maybe we've reached a point where smartphone sales are saturated in the U.S., that almost everyone who wants a smartphone has it already. Where's the growth there? Well, you know, one of the ways that everyone is trying to make growth happen is by shortening the time period that people own their phones. So by delivering these extended ownership plans, the Next plans, the Apple plan. They get people to turn these phones over faster, and it allows you to continue to make the market move a little bit. You know, all that said, obviously, there's a limit to how much we can do, and certainly uh, in the U.S. and in most, I think, developed countries, we're pretty close to the point where most people who want a smartphone have already uh, purchased one. 
doesn't mean you can't grow. I think what it really means is that, like we have seen in very, very many consumer electronics categories as they mature, uh, it's easy to grow when the market is growing, right? The rising tide lifts all boats. When the rising tide is no longer there, if you want to get your boat to um, lift, you've got to steal water from all the other guys. So you've got to grow by taking share from your competitors. Apple's been pretty good at that the last couple of years. And I think if you look at their opportunity, it's probably better than maybe some of the other guys that they're competing with. Let's just cover these two techniques here. The first, of course, get people to buy them more often. So in a sense, then, you are financing a smartphone, but in a sense, it's more like a lease where you turn it back and you get another one. A little bit. You're not paying any kind of interest. So there's that piece. You're more like renting it, I suppose, and returning it and getting a new one. You know, this is all made possible by a robust secondary market, which helps finance the cost of turning those over every year. It's also good, I think, for the carriers who like the consumer to come in the store, maybe buy a new case or a speaker or change their plan. You know, anything you can get to make traffic uh, a little stronger and get people into your location, onto your website, whatever, is a good thing for any brand or any retailer. So the key here is that Apple now has a migration from Android app available through Google Play. So therefore, it makes it easier for people with Android phones if they want to go to an iPhone. That way they can do it. Is there the reverse? Do you know? Uh, I don't know. You know, I'll be honest. I think that's all a bunch of hype. You know, the tech people may be really excited about those kind of things or or frustrated. Um, I think in general, consumers aren't really thinking about things in those terms. They think, I had a Samsung. I didn't like it. I'd like to try an iPhone. And there are a myriad of ways to help people move from one platform to the other, not just some app that sits on the other platform. Clearly, if you go into an Apple store, they're going to help you move from one platform to another. If you go to Best Buy or the AT&T store, they're going to facilitate that for you as well. So the whole app piece was a um, tempest in a teapot. Now, this changes the paradigm in buying smartphones, particularly in the USA. So in the past, you'd buy an Android or iOS device or anything, and you'd have this two-year contract. You'd pay an upfront fee, which can be zero to maybe several hundred dollars, and you have to keep that device or keep the contract in force for two years. In that sense, you were paying them over a two-year period for the difference, except after two years, your fee didn't go down. You still paid the extra money for that smartphone for the subsidy. So that was a good profit center for them, wasn't it, if you didn't update every two years? Well, you know, I'm going to look at it a little differently. So um, I'm going to say what you're really seeing is the emergence of the smartphone as an actual piece of consumer electronics in and of itself as actually a piece of hardware that people buy and sell and use. Um, Previously, it was part of a contract relationship you had with some service provider, kind of like your cable box, 
um, where you could, in theory, be paying a fee forever, right? Um, I think the benefit in what usually happens in many other countries outside of the U.S. is that the sale of the device is more and more separated from the sale of the piece of um, service that you're going to buy from the service provider. Today, that's all being done through, you know, monthly fees and, you know, some kind of a, a cost on a monthly basis. I think you'll see more and more as people recognize the actual cost of a phone. You will see more and more people just buy phones the same way they buy televisions and buy computers. Uh, phones have benefited a lot from the fact that people really don't know how much they cost, and they're willing to trade things in pretty often. At some point, though, I think you're going to start. You're going to have to start to see the actual revenues for the phone start to show up as, um, you know, I paid five ninety nine or four ninety nine for this phone versus six ninety nine or seven ninety nine for those phones. I think it's better for the entire industry when consumers actually know the cost of what they're purchasing and what the value is of that. Well, right now, the way it is, it's almost a la carte. So, for example, AT&T charges a special figure for text, phone calls, and data. Depending on the amount of data you want, you pay a different fee. Then you pay a fee for each device you activate, which I can't understand that. So, if I'm paying for the service, why do I need to spend, say, $25 a month or $300 a year for a device to be used on that service, doesn't the initial fee give me that capability? That's something I don't understand. They're going to get it one way or another for you. <laughs> you. Honestly, um, I think some of that has to do with different devices. You have They have history, obviously. They know how much data and how much services different kind of devices are going to use. Um, you know, again, I think the, the endless kind of, you know, parsing of the carrier's, you know, plans and the data plans and all those kind of things, I think, leads to, you know, a lot of consumer confusion and frustration. And, you know, let's just let them price things the way that they feel they have to price. And, you know, I think if if this is a real consumer market and we're all in some kind of free market mode, then eventually if those plans are too confusing or they're not of value, then you'll have to change those so they make more sense to the consumer. But, you know, we're only in the early innings of the switch over to a different different kinds of plans. So I think in the long term, again, um, you're going to see uh, different types of um, access and different types of pricing emerge even more than there is today. And there's, there's a pretty fair amount today. Let's also not forget, again, you know, as people in the tech business, you know, we think about all these kind of things and, you know, how much data you're going to use or all those kind of things. And, you know, the mainstream consumers are not always thinking in those terms. We have Stephen Baker of the NPD Group trying to parse the latest round of wireless plans and what they mean. More to come on the Tech Night Out Live. You are listening to GCN. 
Visit GCNlive.com today. Neighbors, are you tired of dealing with a slow web hosting provider? Well, check out A2 Hosting and their screaming fast Swift server platform. They even have SSDs that load pages 300% faster than the competition. Ready to give your site a speed boost? Well, tell you what, neighbors, head on over to a2hosting.com. That's A2, that's number two, a2hosting.com. Check out their Prime Hosting account. And get this, neighbors, they're even giving you an exclusive 25% off discount for all our listeners. 25%. And remember, their Guru Crew support team is standing by 24-7, 365 days a year to answer any of your questions. Now, to get the discount, use the coupon code GENE when you check out. Hi, I'm Rick Osick with Famous Footwear. Did you know that premature birth is the number one killer of babies? That's why we support the March of Dimes in the fight against premature birth. Join us in supporting cutting-edge research, treatment programs, and outreach to help moms have full-term pregnancies and healthy babies. Learn how you can help save babies' lives at marchofdimes.org. Hey, Berkey Guy here. Are you still drinking unfiltered tap water? Does your water contain chlorine or fluoride? Will you have drinkable water in an emergency? The Berkey Guy is here to help you remove these and other potential contaminants from your water, thus helping you drink clean, purified water. We offer Berkey water purification systems at the lowest available prices online. Don't go another moment without Berkey System. Over the last 10 years, we've helped thousands drink clean, purified water. Join them by visiting GoBerkey.com or call me, the Berkey Guy, at 877-886-3653. That's 877-886-3653. We use mobile devices right against our bodies every day, but growing scientific evidence has emerged showing serious health risks associated with exposure to EMF radiation emitted from these devices. The solution is Defender Shield, the most effective mobile radiation shielding ever developed. Defender Shield blocks virtually 100% of EMF radiation from cell phones, tablets, and laptops and starts at just $64.99. Buy now at DefenderShield.com. For 10% off, use promo code GCN. DefenderShield.com, the worldwide leader in mobile radiation shielding. The Genesis Communications Network is one of America's premier broadcasters of captivating talk radio. We thank you for listening. Now, Now, just imagine, there are thousands of people who are just as passionate about radio as you are. But what you may not realize is how easy and affordable it is to advertise with us. Radio commercials for your business could be heard on hundreds of radio stations across the U.S. every day. We can help you by creating an effective radio advertising campaign for your company. From script writing to producing your commercial just like the one you're listening to right now no other network provides the level of customer service we do when it comes to radio advertising we are your one-stop shop and no matter how big or small your business is we can help email us and advertise at gcnlive.com and an experienced advertising executive will help you take the first step towards driving more customers to your business or website advertise at gcnlive.com easy affordable effective Before using Heart and Body Extract, my energy level was very, very low. I could only walk a few feet, 
and then would have to sit down. I was tired and lethargic, but after taking heart and body extract, my energy level has improved greatly, and I can now walk longer distances without getting tired so fast. Thank you, heart and body extract. Learn the secrets of an effective, natural, 100% organic nutritional supplement for a healthy heart and circulation at hbextract.com. You never know what's going to happen next while listening to the Tech Night Isle, live with Gene Steinberg. We have Stephen Baker of the NPD Group. We're focusing on the wireless carrier plans, the way they've been redone, which may be simpler or may be more complicated depending on your point of view. Now, one thing they are doing, which is reminiscent of the auto industry, where you go into a car dealer, and rather than say your car is $33,500, which is the average transaction price for a new car about now, rather than say that, they say, well, it's $249.99 a month. And then you have to kind of realize that it's with a $5,000 down payment. You have to keep the car for seven years or trade right. it or something okay. after four or five. Well, you can only use it for so much every month or every year. Right. Well, they, if it's a lease, yes, there is a right. maximum number of miles. Yes. Now, what they're doing with smartphones is, well, now it's $30 a month for the AT&T Next plan or whatever it is, depending on your device. They're not selling it as a $650 phone. They're selling it on a monthly payment basis. Does that make the spoonful of sugar scenario take precedence? Yes. I mean, you know, for 15 or 20 years, we've hidden the real cost of a phone from the consumer because we've been afraid that they weren't willing to spend that kind of money on them. Again, I think over time, we're going to see more and more consumers think about a right buying their phone as they recognize what the true cost of that is, and owning the phone just outright, uh, just like you would buy a car, or own your television, or own a computer. Um, I think the challenge would be for the phone business that if those kind of things start to happen, you know, if you know your phone is $700, you may be liable to keep it longer than you would if you just think it's, you know, $20 a month forever, right? Yeah, but Apple doesn't want you to know it's really $650, not $20 a month, nor does AT&T, nor does T-Mobile. They'd rather have you think in terms of the small amount of money you have to pay each month. But at some point, let's say the value of the secondary market declines, the cost to the to the brands or to the carrier starts to go up because it's harder to get rid of those those returned phones, then you know, something has to change. Those costs have to be, you know, reallocated within there just like you know, if there's a glut of Toyota Camrys uh, that are coming off lease or that are being returned, then that that impacts the cost of what you would buy a Camry for new or impacts the cost of that the lease of the Camry or the monthly payment you would have. Yes, I mean, some of it is to hide the cost, but the only reason you're able to do that is because there is a robust secondary market that can offset some of the longer-term costs to the carrier or the 
brand. If that market starts to weaken or shift, then those plans will have to shift as well. Now, how does the carrier's financial situation impacted by what Apple's doing with regard to their own plan? You can go to an Apple store. I don't know if this is around the world. It's in the U.S. And you could rent, which is essentially what it is. You can rent your phone and have it upgraded every year. But basically, when you sign up, you have to go through the credit check. You're signing up for a loan financed by a bank. That's true. Um, How is that going to impact the carriers? I don't think it impacts the carriers all that much because, again, going back to what we said at the beginning, if you're divorcing the cost of the handset from the cost of the service plan, then, you know, where that money from the handset comes from doesn't really matter. Uh, the The industry focus is to get the carriers to focus and pay most attention to how do I deliver the best service to you through that device through through the through the network. So that in the long term I think that's what the industry would like is that kind of focus as opposed to, you know, trying to make money on the phone, which uh frankly is is a lot more challenging than maybe it seems like. Now when it comes to smartphones, obviously we're we have here the technique to try to get you to buy one more often to keep the market growing. But Apple is achieving a lot of success overseas, especially in China, especially in countries where there isn't saturation yet. Is that where it goes eventually? It has to go to a greater weight of sales overseas? Well, I think they're already pretty heavily weighted to uh, to other countries in general uh, right now. Certainly China and some other areas have been the real growth engines for Apple over the last few quarters. Okay, smartphones. Now, with tablets, we've seen the market really reach its maximum level pretty quickly and declining. Is that partly because the use case hasn't been defined as well? So a lot of people who might have considered tablets are sticking with a smartphone or a phablet or a traditional computer? Um, the short answer is yes. The longer answer is, uh, you know, if we go back to 2009 and 2010, I think we all made a mistake, which was we looked at the devices that people owned, which were primarily, you know, smartphones, three and a half or four inches, and PCs that were typically 14 inches, and then, you know, televisions in the 32 to 50-inch range. And we all identified this big white space between about four inches and 14 inches. You can carry stuff around there. There was a a use case there already with DVD players. Um, Could see a lot of value in producing devices that had screen sizes in that seven, eight, nine, ten inch range. Well, you know, fast forward to today and what happened? Well, phones got bigger because you're trying to do more things on them and we need more screen real estate, especially those of us who are getting up there in years. Um, the other thing that happened that people don't really think about is um, consumers became more 
um, accommodating to smaller PCs. We've seen pretty significant um, shift away from, say, 17-inch notebooks and into 11s and 12s. So there's a lot more consumer interest in smaller notebooks. And all of a sudden, the value proposition of an 8, 9, 7-inch tablet has gotten to be a lot smaller. What's the differentiating thing that I can do with the tablet that I can't do with my phone or my computer? Tablet does a whole bunch of things, eh, okay. Uh, it's not a great mobile device because at seven or eight inches, probably not going to fit in your pocket. It's not easy to carry around. It's not easy to use one-handed. It's not a great productivity device at eight or nine inches because if I move up just a couple of inches, I get a keyboard, I get um, a bigger screen, um, I get a better productivity experience in those bigger sizes. So, you know, I think the longer-term kind of view is that those middle sizes, they're just, you know, they're neither fish nor fowl. I hate to use, you know, terrible <laughs> things like that. But, you know, it just doesn't, it doesn't add any value to the consumer's use of that, their electronics. And as a consequence, they buy them and they say, nah, this is okay, but you know what? I'm just as soon use my phone or I just as soon use my computer. And... I think that's the consequence that we've seen in the, you know, plummeting sales of uh, tablets to compute consumers. Well, certainly you'd think that the phablet, like the iPhone 6S Plus or the equivalent Samsung device, some of the things you might have done with the tablet, you could do on those smartphones with larger screens. They're taking sales away from tablets, right? Absolutely. In the 7 and 8 inch range, and I would argue that you know, nine and ten, nine inch or so tablets are being significantly impacted by the, you know, 10.1, 11.6, 12 inch uh, notebook market. So we're seeing here a problem that is Apple is obviously trying to address that problem in one way with the iPad Pro, which becomes more of a productivity device. They're having the Apple Pencil for drawing, for content creation. They're adding the keyboard, which then makes it seem like something that resembles a Microsoft Surface 3. We'll ask more about the future of the tablet market and how Apple might be addressing that with Stephen Baker of the NPD Group. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that too in Graphic Converter. Also print catalogs. Convert from so many 
formats, I can't even list them. Download now to see if Graphic Converter is good for you, like one and a half million other users. Guess what? You could save money when you buy Graphic Converter. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL to get a special price for Graphic Converter. Go to LemkeSoft.com. That's L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. LemkeSoft.com. L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. Hi, this is Walt Augustinowitz. I'm the founder and CEO of ID Stronghold. By now you've heard our commercials about wallets that protect you from electronic pickpocketing. Ten years ago, I created a way to protect my own cards from prying eyes after government officials started talking about issuing a national ID card with a built-in radio chip called RFID. I felt having to broadcast my personal information was an invasion of privacy. Soon after, it was also announced that credit cards, debit cards, U.S. passports, hotel room keys, and even transit passes would all soon incorporate RFID. It was then I formed ID Stronghold to share my inventions in blocking RFID signals with the world. There are a lot of misconceptions out there today about RFID. I encourage everyone to get informed and get protected. Please go to IDStronghold.com and get the facts and the wallet sleeves or badge holders you need to protect your personal financial data. You'll be pleasantly surprised that through our direct sales model, you won't pay more than other comparable unprotected wallets. It is as though the protection is free. Visit IDStronghold.com today. Welcome back to the Tech Night Out Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. We have Stephen Baker of the NPD Group. We're focusing now on tablet sales. Why the use case for tablets may not be quite as much or as robust as we first thought. Now, let me just give an example here before we go on. We have an iPad here, regular size iPad. My wife uses it religiously. Now, she has slight vision problems, so she is more comfortable working constantly on the iPad and doesn't really like her small iPhone. Okay, that's fine. I seldom use that iPad except maybe to fix something for her or to test out a new software version or something. So for me, the tablet use case hasn't been defined. It doesn't work yet. Now, with Apple's iPad Pro, is that a way of redefining it further or is it merely another substitute for a notebook? Um, I think it's much more of a notebook substitute, much more of a productivity play. The screen is pretty big. The device is pretty big. Once you, you hold it, it's a pretty big square device. Have you held uh, Yeah, I, well, I was at the launch event a couple weeks ago, so I got to hold one and, and play around with it a little. And it's obviously a beautiful device that Apple would normally build. But I think it's much more focused at that small size notebook productivity market where there is clearly an opportunity for Apple to deliver something that isn't a MacBook in that size range. And especially, I think, to businesses and small businesses initially. Let me explain that a little bit more, which is that there's a class of cool, small devices in light that I like to call executive jewelry. There's always senior people in companies who don't need 
all the overhead of a full desktop operating system, and whether that's a Mac or a Windows operating system. They do email, they do some web surfing, they maybe look at some PowerPoint or something, but they're not doing a lot of creation or they're not doing a lot of those kind of things. But they want something that's cool and current, and the Surface has been a great product in that category, and I think Prior to this, the iPad Air did a lot of uh, volume in those kind of categories, but screen's a little small. It's not quite as integrated with the keyboard as the iPad Pro will be. And there's clearly a market there for business to use a little bigger tablet that doesn't have all the complexity of a desktop operating system that Apple had not addressed until the iPad Pro. And for that reason, I think, you know, the iPad Pro is going to be a strong product. It's not going to be a huge volume product, but in some of the specific segments where we think it'll be targeted, especially again in in businesses, we think it's going to be a pretty, pretty strong product. I think the use cases were very well defined by the demonstrations for, for Drawing, even having Microsoft up there showing the use of the Apple Pencil with Microsoft Office. And isn't it strange how Microsoft now looks like just another Apple vendor? Well, you know, that's all part of, obviously, Microsoft's strategy, which is to be an ISV as well as being a platform. You have to rethink what you think of as a platform when you think about Microsoft, because you may think of it as an operating system, but... You know, for for a lot of people, the real Microsoft platform is Office, and that's where we do most of our work. That's where we do most of the things that we do every day. For us, that's really the platform, not Windows operating system, and I want to be able to access Office documents and Office integration on any device that I have, regardless of what the kind of uh, OS in the background is. And remember that demonstration showing Satya Nadella demonstrating office on an iphone pointing out it's not his iphone it doesn't matter it's showing here that microsoft really recognizes now that a sale of an office license doesn't matter and shouldn't matter which platform you use if you want android if you want ios if you want a mac if you want windows it shouldn't matter a sale is a sale and yeah and i think you know we we should recognize how smart I think Microsoft has gotten in the last year about how they look at their business. I think they've really rethought everything that they do. You know, I think they've come out on the back end of that a much stronger, much more focused company. And in many ways, uh, even though they're, you know, cooperating a lot with that, with competitors like Apple or Google, they're also, I think, a stronger competitor to them now because they have finally understood what their value proposition is. And obviously Apple and Microsoft seem to get along better together, but they've always had this kind of thing going on, being competitors and being colleagues. In any case, the other thing was watching Adobe using the Apple Pencil for illustration. And I can see creative people are going to really love this device, particularly because the Apple Pencil seems to get that task so well. Well, you know, there's been lots of, you know, styluses out there. Clearly, companies like Wacom have had, you know, great stylus products in the in the past that people have used and depended on. And, you know, the Microsoft Surface, one of its biggest draws in, in businesses has been 
you know, its ability to use the Surface Pen and, you know, do some of the same kind of things we saw at the uh, Apple launch for the iPad Pro. So I think when you think about that, what you really want to think about is, you know, looking forward, what's the future of interfaces and interactions with your device? And I think going forward, we're going to have more and more ways of interacting with our device. You know, for a long time, right, it was keyboard and mouse, and now you've got touch, you've got 3D touch, you've got pens, you've got voice. So there's a lot more uh, choices and options for ways that you can interact with your device. And hopefully, over time, those pieces become easier to use. They understand you better. Um, they're easier for for a wider variety of people to use. So I think that's one of the most interesting things we've probably seen in the last year is the explosion of things like voice on devices. Now, I would think also Apple's deal with IBM creates a lot of opportunities to sell iPads to businesses. Uh, yeah, especially I think the iPad Pros, which um, I think are very well suited to do a lot of, to work in a lot of vertical um, organizations, things like healthcare and, um, you know, airlines and, you know, places where there needs to be a lot of mobility, um, you know, apps and easy, easy to use and easy to access um, devices. And again, going back to what I said before, not everybody needs all the complexity and overhead of a desktop operating system. And we need to recognize that and consumers and uh, employees and everyone else needs to have the freedom to be able to choose the kind of devices that, that suit what they're doing the best and let them be the most productive. So does this, the iPad Pro, reduce the loss in sales or simply give it another place for it to grow and we can see me over the next few years how that takes off? Um, I do not think the iPad Pro arrests the decline in iPad sales. Um, I think the iPad Pro is much more of a companion opportunity to the what we see as the emerging opportunity for Macs and MacBooks in, in business. If you really look around at opportunities that Apple has, um, in my mind, the biggest opportunity is getting devices into business. Uh, they have a very small share of the install base there. It's a very, very big install base. Um, I think the, the things that Apple is doing with IBM and Cisco um, more and more show that they need to do some other things. They can't just depend on the iPhone. And um, this is probably the biggest uh, business that's out there that they don't have a huge presence in. And even going from just a few percent of the install base in businesses to, you know, 10% is a huge amount of money and a huge opportunity for them. Um, it's probably a lot of easy pickings at, in the next couple of years. So I would really look for those that to be an area that Apple really, really focuses on. And perhaps that means, of course, that the Mac is a huge beneficiary. More to come on the Tech Night How Live. If your Mac has slowed down or isn't performing like it used to, there's a smart alternative to buying a new machine thanks to OWC. 
With easy do-it-yourself upgrades for every Mac, OWC has what you need to get the most from your computer. From memory and SSDs to ultra-fast external storage, take it from me. You'll discover all the ways you can upgrade your Mac today at MacSales.com. That's MacSales.com. So here's what happened. I was placing an order online. The site went down. It just stopped responding. It took hours before it returned, but I'd already placed the order with another company. If your site goes down, you could lose business. And if you have a business or personal site, you'll want to know it's easy to run and it will stay online. At iWeb, your site is hosted on one of the most reliable networks in the world. Check it out. iWeb.com. That's iWeb.com. Paid non-attorney spokesperson, Ricky LeBlanc, admitted in Mass only. Sokolov Law, LLC, Chestnut Hill, Mass. Ken Levin, responsible attorney in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Greg Hobby, New Jersey. The choice of lawyer is an important decision that should not be based solely upon advertisements. While this firm maintains joint responsibility, most cases of this type are referred to other attorneys for principal responsibility. If you know what mesothelioma is, you or someone you love has likely been impacted by this devastating cancer. You may be entitled to compensation. Call Sokolov Law today. 1-800-218-HELP. The only known cause of mesothelioma is asbestos exposure. Thousands of hardworking men and women, including many U.S. veterans and industrial workers, have been diagnosed with mesothelioma because manufacturers knew the dangers but put profits ahead of people. An estimated $30 billion in court-ordered trust has been set aside to pay money to asbestos victims. If you or a loved one has been diagnosed with mesothelioma, call now. You may be entitled to receive compensation without ever going to court or filing a lawsuit. Call for a free legal consultation at 1-800-218-HELP. That's 1-800-218-HELP. Hi, I'm Dr. Sam Nussbaum with the Anthem Foundation. Premature birth is the leading cause of death of babies and disabilities for children. That's why we support the March of Dimes to help mothers have full-term pregnancies and healthy babies. Join us in supporting cutting-edge research, treatment and outreach to help moms during their pregnancy, and give every baby a healthy start in life. Learn how you can help at marchofdimes.org. My name is Bill Bonner, and I'm the president of the largest private news and research network in the world. And I paid for this airtime because I have an important message to the American people. There's a change coming that the government isn't telling you about. This change has deep implications for life in America. From where you shop, to the doctors you visit, and the family you want to protect. Look, I've made predictions like this before. Thing is, I was right then, too. A few years ago, I warned that housing prices would collapse. They did. Before that, I warned that dot-com companies would crash. They did. Those who listened had a chance to save themselves. But this has nothing to do with the stock market. This will affect us all. You can watch the video for free right now by going to disappearingwealth.com. Again, that's disappearingwealth.com. We use mobile devices right against our bodies every day, but growing scientific evidence has emerged showing serious health risks associated with exposure to EMF radiation emitted from these devices. The solution is Defender Shield, the most effective mobile radiation shielding ever developed. Defender Shield blocks virtually 100% of EMF radiation from cell phones, tablets, and laptops and starts at just $64.99. Buy now at DefenderShield.com. For 10% off, use promo code GCN. DefenderShield.com, the worldwide leader in mobile radiation shielding. 
We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow Night Owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com. So we're seeing here, for example, that IBM is going to be buying lots of Macs for their employees. And I have more choices with regard to Macs. Is that where it's going to go? We're going to see a lot of growth now in the Mac platform because of the greater entry into the enterprise? Absolutely. I think we're seeing growth in Macs, both in consumer and in business. They feed on each other, as well as feeding on the fact that at least in the U.S., you know, the iPhone has something around 50% of the sales. So um, I think you, what you really want to look at it as, um, you know, to use Microsoft's term, right, mobile first, the iPhone is the Trojan horse that starts to drag in things like MacBooks and iPad Pros into businesses. Once businesses and businessmen and people who need mobility are using their phones, it's much more productive when you start to use devices that have similar use cases across all the different products. So it's probably easier and more productive for you to use a Mac when you're using an iPhone because there's enough similarities and similar you know, interfaces, et cetera, for, for you to look at and use. And then, you know, you, you can be more understanding of what's happening as opposed to always jumping back and forth from an iPhone to a Windows PC to a Android tablet or an Android phone. I think most people are going to find that to be confusing. I think also the new MacBook, the 12-inch MacBook, is a huge product for the business because there are a lot of people who don't care there's only one port who don't care that it doesn't play games very well. But for the things they want to do, run Microsoft Office, get online, send email, take this thing on the road, take it aboard an airplane, it's perfect. It's very light. It's only, what, a few ounces more than a tablet? Yeah, I think that's clearly where that product is positioned. You know, we'll, we'll see what happens there. It's obviously very early in the life cycle of that. So we'll see where what it looks like in a couple of years. What about the uptake of the Apple Watch? What are you seeing? Well, you know, I, I think the most telling thing that we've heard in the last you know month or so was that despite the limited test that Apple did with Best Buy, Best Buy and Apple together made a decision to accelerate the rollout of watches throughout the entire chain. I think that that bodes well for the watch. It says that there is demand and you know that there's going to be going to be need to be multiple places to satisfy that i guess some of the carriers are going to be selling that starting today as well um so we're starting to see the broadening of the product for distribution and honestly you know if there wasn't potential there and things weren't moving very well then i think you know some of these opportunities would have been kind of let's wait and see what happens we'll wait till next year there's no reason to rush it but everybody sees an opportunity now and they're all trying to to grab onto that well certainly i have considered whether i should get an apple watch or not and i have the 12 dollar and 88 cent walmart watch with a little tiny well, calendar that i could barely see 
I'm happy with that. It keeps pretty accurate time. You know, I think the the one thing I will say about you know watches and any any watch, not just the Apple Watch, but Pebble or Samsung or Motorola. You know, again, we tend to dismiss tech stuff sometimes in the early days because they're either a little kludgy or it doesn't have the right battery life for screen or software. Um, we're very early in the life cycle of these products. So I'm not willing to count anything out. And, you know, I think I'd rather see what these products are going to look like in 2018 as opposed to what they're going to look like the rest of this year. I don't think this is all part, it's all part of a process. If it's going to be successful, we'll know in a couple of years. What's happening now really doesn't have any meaning to what the long-term success of uh, products like the Apple Watch are going to have. Well, certainly the fact that they got a pretty major operating system upgrade out within just a few months shows a commitment to the platform, but also a big commitment to making it better. Sure. And, you know, I mean, yes, but, you know, I think Apple is always committed to making their products better. So they came out with something and, you know, clearly they knew right from the start that there were things that they had to work on. And, you know, it's not like, all these innovations in the watch, the new watch OS, just kind of they just decided to do them starting in April, right? Clearly, there's a process involved there, and you know, gradual improvement, finding where the challenge points are, and fixing them. And you know, I think we've certainly seen the beginnings of that. Apple Watch, do you have one? I do not. Do you have a smartwatch of any kind? I do. I have a Motorola 360 that I wore for a while, and I have stopped wearing it um, because I just didn't really seem to get a lot of value out of it. Um, the best part for me was that, um, you know, sometimes your your phone doesn't ring <laughs> very well. You don't hear it or you've turned the ringer off. And um, the vibration of the watch on my wrist would almost always remind me that I had to answer the phone. And that was probably the number one value proposition I got out of it. You know, I didn't stop doing it for any other reason other than, you know, I just didn't, didn't wasn't getting a lot of value out of it. I don't think it's an indictment of the product or the category today. I'm sure I'll go back again to something, you know, this year or next year and try again. Have you ever worked with an Apple Watch for any period? I have not yet, no. Okay. Let's move on to the next factor, which is set-top boxes. Apple has debuted a new Apple TV fourth generation goes on sale sometime in October. One criticism has it that it hasn't got 4K. Isn't that really a bad decision because Apple hasn't future-proofed that device? I wish they had 4K. I will I will tell you that up front. Um, yes, we're seeing very, very rapid, strong uptake of 4K in the um, TV market. Uh, I think as more and more TVs get out there, the content guys are going to be um, aggressive about trying to uh, satisfy the demand that's going to be out there. And that's going to be a challenge uh, for Apple. On the other hand, 
it's a $99 box. And, you know, I think Amazon last week came out with a $99 4K box. And I am sure that if by next year Apple has to do that, that they'll be able to come out with a, a 4K product as well. And given the kind of price points that some of these things need to be, um, they're relatively interchangeable. So, um, it's a, it's a, I think it's a mistake now, um, but I don't think it's a long-term problem. It's certainly something that's relatively easily fixable when they determine that it's time to, uh, time to fix it. Let's fix this. This is the Tech Night Owl Live. We're talking to Stephen Baker at the NPD Group. I'm Gene Steinberg. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. The human body is more than 60% water. Your brain and muscles are 75% water. And your blood is 92% water. Water is vital to your body, and alkalizing your water is the key to keep it running at its best. AlkaVision Plasma pH drops keep your entire body healthy, boosts energy, promotes weight loss, and even fights cancer. Call 800-518-7615 or go to alkavision.com to find out more. That's alkavision.com. Hunters, anglers, campers, and survivalists, get back to nature. Expand your horizons with the highest quality, most versatile, unique slingshots and slingbows on the market at slingbow.com. Slingbow products are compact and models start from just $17.98. They're perfect for your bug out bag or storing in your vehicle. Give yourself and your loved ones the excitement and tradition of Slingbow, a new frontier in archery and truly modern twist on this primitive survival tool. Feel the thrill only at slingbow.com. Don't complain about your cable bill going up and up and up. Do something about it. Grab a pencil and jot down this special number. 1-855-905-MY-TV. The more cable TV rates go up, the better digital satellite TV looks. Say goodbye to the cable guy and get more of your favorite channels in 100% digital quality for less money. Call 1-855-905-MY-TV. Sign up for packages starting as low as $19.99 and there's no equipment to buy. You get free HD TV upgrade, a free DVR upgrade, and free professional and installation you control what you watch when you watch it record your favorite shows pause and rewind live tv even skip the commercials watch local channels too at just $19.99 what are you waiting for pull out your major credit or debit card call 1-855-905-MY-TV 1-855-905-MY-TV say goodbye to the cable guy cut costs and get more 1-855-905-MY-TV 1-855-905-MY-TV Healthy, organic, fresh fish, robust, mouth-watering vegetables, all from your home. It's called aquaponics. This brilliant, self-sustaining protein and veggie system is perfect for year-round growing. Know exactly where your food is coming from. Aquaponicsource.com is the one-stop shop for all your needs. Fish, fish food, plumbing, full systems, classes, and more. Learn to build your own system. Go to aquaponicsource.com for a free guide to aquaponics. That's aquaponicsource.com.
Sciatica, lower back pain, hip pain, poor posture. If you suffer from any of these problems, get ready to relax. Introducing an amazing product that's been in the market for over 25 years, the Sacro Wedgie. It was invented by a football coach using a common sense osteopath technique. He created this device to help his athletes by isolating and supporting the sacrum, which is the keystone of our anatomy. This wedge-shaped bone is in the center of our hips, where a lot of pain starts. Simply relax 20 minutes daily on the amazingly simple Sacro Wedgie and let Gravity do the work, helping muscles rebalance and start releasing nerves. Sit in the sacral wedgie at the computer or while traveling to help correct posture to finally help relieve those stubborn aches and pains for only $33.95. It's made in the USA, so click the family-owned website at sacrowedgie.com, spelled S-A-C-R-O-W-E-D-G-Y.com, or call 1-800-737-9295. That's 1-800-737-9295. Relax your back pain away with the sacral wedgie. Okay, open your mouth and say, ah. Ah. When your child has a sore throat, you need to know when to get help. The doctor recommended Say Ah Sore Throat Exam is your solution. The scientifically designed oral retractor offers a clear view of the throat, relaxing the tongue and minimizing gag reflex. Compare with a medical grade chart, website, and app. Then you'll know just what to tell your doctor. A wellness plan in your hands in minutes. Go to sayahnow.com. Sayahnow.com, the new mainstay for every family's first aid kit. You're listening to the Tech Night Owl Live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next. A couple of more segments to spend with our friend Stephen Baker of the NPD Group. And we've got a lot of analysis to go through here. Now, I'm assuming here, correct me if I'm wrong, maybe you have insights, maybe not, that 4K probably is already available to the new Apple TV. It just requires a software or firmware update. I don't know that. I don't know. Um, I suspect that it could certainly be that way, but clearly there's a hardware component to 4K that if it's not embedded in there is going to require some kind of different processor or different kind of uh, internals. But given that no one's really gotten their hands on a new Apple TV to tear it down and see what's in there, I don't have any more information about that than anyone else would. Now, one issue I've heard about 4K TV is the varying levels of support for high-definition color, HDR. Mm-hmm. There are different technologies depending on the manufacturer. Isn't that one reason already to have a bit of a problem point in supporting 4K? Which standard will they work on? Yeah, there's a lot of new standards coming uh, in 4K. You know, wide color gamuts and HDR, and there's a lot of improvements that can still come. Uh, again, you know, I mean, if you're talking about a box, then my argument would be. Get a box out now, and when some of those standards come through, you come out with a new box or you future-proof the old box through software or something else. It's a little easier to manage all that in a you know, $150 box than it is uh, in a $900 or $2,000 television. So if I was out there and I wanted to get a 4K set, should I wait till they get the high-definition color standards more standardized? 
oh, you know, they're pretty close. It's going to make the TVs look better. I think it kind of depends on what you're feeling on that is. I don't think you have to wait, but, you know, if you want to, I don't think that's a problem either. I think, you know, it's just, that's a very personal decision because honestly those products with the the high definition color and all those other things are going to be pretty expensive so you know you could buy something now and then in three or four years maybe that's the time to get a new a new device so you know you're in the you're at the early part of the cycle and you know you have to make a decision do you want to be somebody with something in the early part of the cycle or do you want to wait wait and try to grab onto the cycle later on in the process. And maybe that's one reason for Apple not to support 4K right now. It is early in the cycle. And they took a similar tack, right? Like with LTE, they waited till the chips were more power efficient, things had stabilized. Then they jumped in. They're not always first with the new technology. Sometimes they wait for things to settle down. Absolutely. That's, that's, that's true. And we've seen that in lots of other, um, other pieces too. On the other hand, you know, you can look at something like, you know, USB-C where they were, you know, way ahead of everyone else or, or Thunderbolt where they were way ahead of everyone else. Um, and say, yeah, sometimes they see a value in jumping, you know, jumping the queue as well. Now, the other thing about 4K, to be very frank about it, is in order to see the real benefits in terms of resolution, before we get to wider color gamut and HDR and all that stuff, you can't be too far away from the set and you have to have a pretty large screen. I saw one table saying that for a 65-inch set, you really should be no farther than eight feet to get a good benefit. Now, if you're sitting in your bed and the TV is at the front of the master bedroom, how far are you from the set? And if you have like a 50 or 55-inch set, the difference may not be so visible. So here's a couple of pieces to think about. Um, First, more and more products are 50, 55, 60, and 65 in the market. Um, Something like 90% 90% of 4K sales are in 50-inch and above right now. And, in fact, in the overall television market, um, more and more of the sales volume is in big screen. Um, while 32 is still the biggest size, it's declining in terms of share and growth. And we're seeing lots and lots of growth in sizes like 55 and 65. So the market is shifting to take account for the value proposition in 4K and really pushing, pushing very hard on those much larger screens. If you're lying in bed, yeah, you know, that, that's an issue. I would tell you that over time, um, what you're going to want to do is watch it on your iPad or on some kind of small portable device or personal device. Most of the viewing you're going to do in a room like that is going to be personal viewing, one-to-one viewing anyways. You're probably not going to watch the uh, Super Bowl on a, in your bed on a tablet. You know, it's mostly my wife watches a lot of reruns and on different channels through the through the apps on her iPad in bed, and you know that's it's 
not really a, a thing that you share very much, right? That's a very a singular kind of an environment. And you're not going to have a 55-inch TV that's, you know, 10 feet away from you, the end of the bed. You can have a 10-inch device that's, you know, a foot away from you, and you can get all the benefits of the great screen and the high-resolution content. Well, I must be a rarity then. My wife and myself watch TV in the master bedroom, and it's the big screen, not 65 inches smaller than that, but it's right there in front of the room, and I guess that's, what, 9, 10 feet away? The trends we're seeing in televisions are that the main TV in the house is getting bigger and bigger, and people are willing to spend more money on that television, and that... The rest of the viewing that they do is very much OTT, um, you know, snacking, and more and more of that viewing is happening on some other type of device, whether it's a phone or a tablet or a computer. Okay, so let's look at 4K at the other end of it, which is the content. The cart before the horse, chicken and the egg, everything else. There's not a lot of 4K stuff out there now. Well... The 4K content isn't going to come until there's a pretty decent installed base of 4K devices. Uh, you know, it's as simple as that. Uh, you know, I think that there's there's always this this bleeding about you know you can't watch anything on it, but as you said, you know, cart before the horse, there's no way the content guys are going to build a lot of additional content for a feature that very few people have. So first and foremost is to get more and more high-resolution screens and high-resolution um, you know, color and all those other things available to the customer, and then the content guys will satisfy that. And right now, I guess one factor to consider when you buy a 4K set is that it does good scaling. It does. 1080p clearly that's something that they spend a lot of time on and um you know unlike the semi-late always lamented 3d um buying a 4k television makes your 2k picture look a lot better too so it's not like you know in 3d 3d if you didn't watch in 3d the 2d picture typically wasn't as good as you could have gotten before so now we're at a point where Every picture is getting better. Every piece of content you're watching gets better when you buy a um, better, better quality 4K television. So the argument here is that if the 4K set's only slightly more money, and in many cases it's not, just get the 4K set. We have Stephen Baker of the NPD Group for one more segment, and we're talking about 4K sets on the Tech Night Out Live. for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. 
Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that too in Graphic Converter. Also print catalogs. Convert from so many formats I can't even list them. Download now to see if Graphic Converter is good for you, like one and a half million other users. Guess what? You could save money when you buy Graphic Converter. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL to get a special price for Graphic Converter. Go to LemkeSoft.com. That's L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. LemkeSoft.com. L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. Okay, open your mouth and say, ah. Ah. When your child has a sore throat, you need to know when to get help. The doctor-recommended Say Ah Sore Throat Exam is your solution. The scientifically designed oral retractor offers a clear view of the throat, relaxing the tongue and minimizing gag reflex. Compare with a medical grade chart, website, and app. Then you'll know just what to tell your doctor. A wellness plan in your hands in minutes. Go to sayahahnow.com. Sayahnow.com, the new mainstay for every family's first aid kit. Silver has always been nature's very own antibiotic, and only one system allows you to produce an endless supply of nano-sized silver solutions right from the convenience of your home. Silver Lungs. With the addition of our unique lung delivery system, respiratory infections are targeted directly, where traditional oral administration simply cannot reach. This pioneering method also preserves the original particle sizes and delivers your silver solution directly into the bloodstream. See the Silver Lungs generator and lung delivery system at silverlungs.com. That's silverlungs.com. Hey, Berkey Guy here. Are you still drinking unfiltered tap water? Does your water contain chlorine or fluoride? Will you have drinkable water in an emergency? The Berkey Guy is here to help you remove these and other potential contaminants from your water, thus helping you drink clean, purified water. We offer Berkey water purification systems at the lowest available prices online. Don't go another moment without Berkey System. Over the last 10 years, we've helped thousands drink clean, purified water. Join them by visiting GoBerkey.com or call me, the Berkey Guy, at 877-886-3653. That's 877-886-3653. What would your life be like if you woke up each morning with new vitality, feeling better than you have in years, and you noticed a difference in your sleeping patterns, blood sugar levels, and had a sense of well-being overall? There's something that is changing thousands of people's lives, and you could be one of them. It's called Heart and Body Extract. Sharon Harris, co-creator of Heart and Body Extract, talks about the positive effects of Heart and Body Extract. What happens with the formula Heart and Body Extract is it's giving the body the necessary vitamins, minerals, amino acids, enzymes, and phytonutrients so so the body will heal itself. And yes, the body does have the ability to balance blood pressure, balance cholesterol, clean and unclog the arteries. It can also work on uh, balancing the circulation for diabetics. So the body is an amazing thing. It simply needs some help so it has the tools to heal itself. Heart and Body Extract gets results. To order your two-month supply, call now, toll-free at 866-295-5305. Order online at hbextract.com. Owe $10,000 or more to the IRS? Get on board with the tax admiral. Don't pick on the IRS alone. I'll cut penalties and reduce your overall tax bill. Sometimes I can even get it zeroed out completely. We're an A-rated company helping people clean up their mess with the IRS. If you owe $10,000 or more, then call the tax admiral. Call 800-287-7180. Again, that's 800-287-7180. 800-287-7180. 
You're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next. I'm Gene Steinberg. This is the Tech Night Out Live with Stephen Baker of the NPD Group. And I was saying here with regard to 4K TV sets that if it's the same price or slightly more, just get one. That's great. A great idea. I think that the problem, obviously, right now is that it's not usually just a slight premium. There's still a pretty good premium there right now, certainly through this holiday. 4K is a money-making margin opportunity for the retailers and the manufacturers. And in fact, if you're really looking for a good deal this holiday, the best deals will probably be on bigger screen 2K devices as those start to get phased out and the manufacturers really, really start to focus on 4K and driving incremental opportunities in 4K. Well, I'm thinking in the sense of companies like Vizio, their new M-series sets have several models below $1,000. That's pretty affordable, isn't it? It is, but, you know, many times you get the equivalent. You get 50-inch televisions for $500 now if that's what you're looking for. Again, you know, there is a premium associated with 4K versus an equivalent 2K type of device. You know, and I think obviously it depends on, you know, your screen size and all those other other things that, that go into the cost of the television. But there, there will be some great values this holiday on 2K televisions. Not that they won't be on 4K as well, but the focus of 4K for the industry right now is generating awareness, generate understanding, satisfy the demand from the premium customer. There you go. 4K sets. We will not make a guess as to when Apple might support that. Do you cover much the auto technologies? Not too much, no. Not too much, okay. Because I was going to ask you about Google Play, Apple Play, that kind of thing. Yeah, no. And we're not going to ask you to project what's going to happen with regard to the rumor of an Apple car, but let's look at PCs. And, you know, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, no, I don't want to go there. Thanks. Unless they take you in an Apple car. Right, right. They have to send me one first, then I'll, we'll figure it out. I'll have to talk to somebody about whether when you go to a Volkswagen dealership now, they really need to pay you to take the car. Because if that's about the only way they're going to sell it. Well, I wouldn't, wouldn't have bought a diesel anyways. That's another story. Let's look at PCs in general. We're looking at the opportunities Apple has for the Mac, certainly in the enterprise, because there's plenty of room to grow. Is Windows 10 going to make a difference in PC sales? I kind of think not because they gave it away free. It hasn't yet. I think over time, what the real value of Windows 10 is, is it's not Windows 8. Uh, It removes an impediment from people being willing to buy a new computer, whereas before they weren't necessarily willing to buy something because Windows 8 wasn't a very good product. Windows 10, in contrast, is a really, really good product and addresses a lot of the things, you know, we've been talking about here today around productivity, but also around entertainment and consumption and, you know, usability and different kinds of features. You know, one of the things that Windows 8 did do well was 
by starting to build up an ecosystem around two-in-ones and convertibles and detachables, some of the kind of interesting things we're starting to see, again, with smaller screens, thinner and lighter notebooks that really do reflect what people want more and more out of their um, device. Windows 10 is going to help really build on that. And that's something that, you know, we see the consumer is interested in. Is it going to make, a, you know, turn a, a negative three into a positive 10? No. And, you know, we have to recognize, right, the market is pretty saturated. It's a very mature market. It's not likely to grow very much except for some specific opportunities. But I think the opportunity to continue to deliver good devices to people uh, is still there. It's clearly a very large market, both in units and dollars. Even as it it shrinks a little bit, we're going to have PCs around for a long time. There you go. Windows 10, maybe it won't make that much of a difference, but it has the benefit of not being Windows 8, being closer in concept to a direct descendant of Windows 7, although I've heard, I don't know if you have, there appear to be quite a few bugs in the early releases, and Microsoft has been sending out a slew of updates for the first couple of months. Certainly would have ex- would expect that, absolutely. That's Windows 10, which I've been using on a Mac under Parallels Desktop or VMware Fusion. So I get the experience, but I don't have to deal with the PC. So basically, Windows 10 does no harm. It, does, it doesn't do any harm. Like I said, it removes a challenge that the market had in selling the old devices, which was just, you know, just some of the, the, the same thing maybe, you know, towards the end of Windows Vista, um, where, you know, people didn't want to buy something because they just, they'd heard enough bad things that they weren't sure. Um, the problem was that in Windows Vista days, everybody still wanted a notebook and was really desperate for a notebook, and they bought stuff regardless of what the operating system was. With Windows 8, the market was pretty much satisfied, and people could make a decision not to upgrade and not necessarily be be impacted. So that's that's pretty much what we saw. And I think the early numbers say that you know, consumers are going to be interested in it, whether it's as a download or as a um, on a new device. So where does Apple stand here? Is Apple's growth still going to be at the expense of Windows users? Are there new people coming in to buy PCs anymore? Uh, you know, there's probably not a lot of new users. Um, I would definitely concur with that. Um, so, yeah, I think to some extent, um, Mac sales do come out of the the hide, so to speak, of the of the Windows market. I think it's a little different dynamics if you talk about uh, the business markets versus the consumer markets, where some of the challenges Apple has in the consumer markets are going to be, you know, around price, and they probably don't have nearly as many of those challenges in the commercial market. Yes, where will it go? Windows 10, OS 10, El Capitan. Does Apple ever converge with iOS and OS 10, or is that, if it happens, a long way off or never? Uh, well, you know, <laughs> we've all known Apple long enough to never say never. 
But it seems pretty clear to me that they have a different purpose. You know, Mac OS is really a desktop OS designed for productivity, designed for, you know, people who want keyboard and mouse and are used to those kind of, frankly, has a pretty big customer base and a very steady sales rate. Whereas, you know, if you look at iOS, if you look at iPads, right, you're seeing, you know, declining sales and probably less usage than we've seen in the past. So it would seem unlikely that those two products would come together. Stephen Baker, where can we find more of the stuff you do? NPD.com. How simple. You can find us on Twitter, where we're known as Tech Night Owl. You could also check me out at Facebook, for Gene Steinberg, the guy with the plaid shirt. Unfortunately, I've reached the maximum of friends, so you can't befriend me anymore unless somebody else says, get out of here. We also have a second radio show about UFOs and things that go bump in the night called The Powercast. This weekend, we're talking with author Nick Redfern about The Bloodline of the Gods, which is a book about... R.H. negative, maybe having extraterrestrial ancestors. Isn't that crazy? My first wife was R.H. negative. Also about the men in black. So what can I tell you? We also have a second feature of the show called Tech Night Owl Plus. We're going to have the Tech Night Owl Minute coming in the next week or so. And that will be available exclusively to subscribers of Tech Night Owl Plus at plus.technightowl.com, plus.technightowl.com. We also offer the ad-free version of this show. More to come, and we're going to offer very soon a lifetime membership. How about that? Stephen Baker, thanks for joining us on the Tech Night Out Live. Always fun, Gene. Thank you very much. The Tech Night Owl Live is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. We'll be back next week. Same bat time, same bat channel.